touchdown, Kansas City. This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Sports Radio 810 Chiefs postgame show is presented by the Missouri Lottery. Go Chiefs. Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers tickets from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. That was an extremely (laughs) strange game for a lot of reasons, but it ends with a blocked extra point, two points for the Chiefs. They put up a 40-burger. And the Chiefs thoroughly stomp out the Oakland Raiders 40-9 to in a game that the score, the score is accurate to the flow of the game. Sometimes you say, well, you know, the score wasn't really indicative of how this game went. This score wasn't really indicative of how this game went only because 40-9 to isn't even weird enough of a final line to begin to describe all of the things that happened over the course of this game here at Arrowhead today. I'm Josh Briscoe along with Brad Porter. The good news is we've got some time to talk about all the reasons this game was weird and fun and bizarre for all of these crazy twists and turns, these weird scores, these great performances, some not as great performances. We will uh, we'll dissect all of those over the uh, the next couple of hours with you here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. We'll also hear live from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes from Arrowhead, plus whoever else talks from uh, the locker room. I imagine we're going to hear from a few of the guys that you saw shine tonight. I'd be surprised if we don't hear from Juan Thornhill, Darwin Thompson, and uh, a few others, maybe Tyron Matthew as well. And so there are a handful of different places that we could begin in this show. The very, very, very first thing that I want to put out there is that this game needed to go about this way. The specifics we can get back to, but whenever the Chiefs won against the Chargers uh, last Monday night in, uh, in Mexico City, right before the bye week, that game was weird, but it was gross. Yes. Like, that game wasn't fun to watch. No. This game for the Kansas City Chiefs tonight this was a weird win, but it wasn't necessarily an, ug- necessarily an ugly one. This was a strange path that they took to a game that ended in a blowout where they controlled the flow of the game pretty much beginning to end. This is the type of game that I actually don't mind seeing, even though Patrick Mahomes threw for 175 yards. That's weird. That's not what I would generally use to draw up a blueprint for how the Chiefs can confirm their spot as one of the legitimate Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. But everything else that happened around it, these are the kind of things that you can do to an inferior team, a team that, by the way, was contending for the division three hours ago and now is clearly in the rear view. This is the type of game that I'm happy to see at least I don't mind seeing, because it showed you that the Chiefs could win whenever Mahomes wasn't perfect, whenever the offense wasn't perfect, whenever Patrick Mahomes was your leading rusher until Darwin Thompson took over at the end of the game. And even then, he ran for four yards a carry. We'll talk about Darwin Thompson. I think it's okay if you're optimistic, but we'll get there. This game was just strange, and that's okay. It was it was a versatile victory, 
And I think that you can stand to have a couple of those in the month of December and then maybe into January. So you can poke some holes in this game, and if you do, I get it. But uh, I'm I'm happy with a 40-9 to victory just about any way that you get there. Also, you can call into the show, 913-3810-810. If you want to chat with us, either on your way home from Arrowhead or wherever you were watching the game tonight, 913-3810-810. You can also text the show at 913-912-4810. And we are on the Sports Radio 810 Facebook page if you want to see all of our handsome faces as we uh, talk about the Chiefs in this victory. So, Brad, I give you all of that. I give you this strange game, a 31-point victory where Mahomes again threw for 175 yards, and your top takeaway is what? I feel like I should uh, be Russell Crowe in the in the Russian in the Roman Coliseum saying, "Are you not entertained? It, it, yes. Did you not want a blocked extra point for two points? <laughs> Did you not want to pick six? Did you not want scores from everybody who was on the team tonight? Did you not want overturned <laughs> pass interference penalties? What? Because we're doing that now, I guess. And Are you not entertained? And it wasn't even a challenge. It was a review by the referees. It's really weird. I don't I don't I don't get it. Yeah, a little bit of you got a lot of stuff that you're gonna they're gonna get into film on Monday or Tuesday and say they've got a lot of things to clean up. I get that. So and you mentioned Mahomes not throwing very much, he's only completed fifty one percent of his passes. And it's, you know, it's windy and it's miserable and they had some ducks. He threw some ducks. It yep. happens. Yep. The man is not perfect. The man is human. Barely, but yeah. Barely, but uh, maybe they need to adjust the chip in the back of his neck. Or the, <laughs> you need to update his like firmware. A, maybe, maybe check the batteries. Might yeah, be, sure. You know, right before Christmas, you got to check the batteries. And yeah, all that's that. good. So the big thing for me, and we're, we're going to have all kinds of stuff for the, throughout the show, but we've been going back to training camp talking about Juan Thornhill. In fact, it was draft night. I think you were host. Were you hosting the draft show? I believe I was around here for one of them. Well, okay, well, yeah. I don't I, rem- I, at this point, it's all a blur. I was out at Arrowhead on on one of those draft nights when they drafted uh, Thornhill, and I had seen the video clips and thought, okay, this this guy looks like he could be a player. He gets on the phone and says, "Always been a fan of Tyron Matthew. Cannot wait to learn from Tyron Matthew. Hmm. Watched him at training camp, and you know this. I've been going nuts about Juan Thornhill. I, everybody yeah. has. I'm not in a class by myself sure. here. It's not government secrets here." But he's been playing, he's been getting steadily better week by week by week by week. And that's what you need from your rookies. That's what you need from everybody. But your rookies who are trying to learn at this level, you want that weekly development. So today, huge play. Well, it didn't turn out to be over the course of the game. But at the time, Raiders line up, fourth and one. And in this game, everybody's going for it all of a sudden. Yeah. Everybody's got... Josh Briscoe in the <laughs> in the coach's headset saying, yes. go, go for it, they go finally, for it. They finally gave so, me the hotline so they number. Went, everybody went for it on fourth down. So it's fourth and one. They've got Josh Jacobs, right, mm-hmm. who's been shredding the Chiefs. We're not. We're going to do something else there. We're, we're going to go with somebody else. We're going to try a stretch play down the line. And you see Tyron, uh, uh, Juan Thornhill, and I believe it was Morris Claiborne was on that side. They're communicating before the play. They step up into the play. There's two blockers coming at them, and they're pointing, you're going inside, I'm going outside. Thornhill rides it all the way down the line, maintains his spot and his assignment, makes the tackle for the stop on fourth and one. That is just good, smart football. That's a player who's been coached well by Steve Spagnuolo and the entire defensive coaching staff. He's been coached well, he's been listening, and he pays attention to the veteran players and what they're telling him. And the growth has been outstanding. So he gets the fourth and one play. That was great. That's what you want from your safety. Coming downhill, big stop. Then later on, again, a communication play. And a th- again, I think it was, I'll have to go back and look at the tape. I think it was 
uh, Claiborne on that side again, and they're motioning which guy they're going to cover. If somebody comes inside or outside, this is where I'm going. And Thornhill walks right in front of the ball. And nobody yep. saw him coming. Yep. The Raiders never saw him coming. Derek Carr never saw him coming. He didn't see a lot of what was coming tonight, but did not see him coming, and he was out the gate and gone, 46 yards. That's some wheels now. Yeah. And I realize he's a defensive back, and he's supposed to be one of the speedier players, but he went by everybody. And to be fair to the Raiders, everybody was coming the other direction. They didn't know what hit him. Thornhill runs it in, pick six, his first career NFL touchdown. You never know how many of those you're going to get. So Juan Thornhill, for me, stand out tonight in this game against the Raiders and just a, a, another sign of his weekly improvement and learning from the veterans, taking that direction and making himself making himself a really, really good football player. I'm going to give you one update from the other side of the AFC West. Okay. The game was tied between the Chargers and Broncos. It was going into overtime. Then Drew Locke threw a bomb. The Chargers were called for defensive pass interference. The Broncos kicked a field goal and won the game as time expired. How about... How about Drew Locke getting a couple of touchdowns? Drew Locke has a nice has his uh, first victory in his first start, and the Chargers just chargered so hard that everyone short circuited at mile high. And, and listen, I don't that was unbelievable. None of us here, most of us don't root for the Broncos outside of the Luck family or the uh-huh. Locke family. Right. At least somebody, right. at least some high school kid, Mizzou kids, super nice, you know, good looking. He's the you know got everything you want. His head coach Vic Fangio's been trying to run him down all year. Finally forced to play him. And he's dropping dimes on everybody. Yeah, so, so. the uh, the AFC West is <laughs> extremely weird. Yes. And honestly, I think the Chargers got kind of screwed over there at the end. Well, but that, you know, they, they gonna, find a way. Let, Chargers, Philip cry, let Philip cry about it. I'm not. The Chargers find a way to lose, and it's unbelievable. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Juan Thornhill. Yes. And the game that he had today. The play on the fourth and one, like you said, where he chased he, he chased the, the sort of streaking receiver through the backfield. Reggie Wagner, by the way, on that play, locked up on his blocker and just yep. sort of walked him out. Yes. It was a rare play where, where he was being blocked outside, and I was cool with it because he was just holding him up there. Continuing to 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 prevent the the receiver in motion from turning upfield, then Thornhill comes in and cleans it up. Great play, and then the read on the pick six with all the communication, everything. It it looked like he knew what was coming there yeah. from the time they broke sure. the huddle. Just great work all around there. I will expand outside of one Thornhill to several of his cohorts who you referred to there. The secondary today. It's had some good moments this season. It's had some really good stretches. I would argue it's been good this season. Maybe not great, but certainly good. Yes, it has. It's really hard to to evaluate and to pay attention to how the secondary is performing when it's performing well, whenever you watch the broadcast, like almost everyone does. With the exception of people in the stadium, we're all looking at a broadcast that typically doesn't really show us what's happening in the secondary unless someone's wide open, and then they show the replay of how did that happen, how did that get there. If you want to know how the secondary was performing today, just look at the every time they cut to Derek Carr's face it, it, between plays and everything, you can see mm-hmm. what that secondary was doing to him because it was excellent. How many times in this game did you see either a late a late developing sack where they rush for and eventually one of those guys gets to him? There was the non-sack that was that was nearly a sack and, and effectively one from Chris Jones where, where Carr like falls forward a yard, but he brings him down there. Two sacks that were officially counted. Uh you you have the throwaways after after several seconds. In one instance, it was like an hour of him roaming yes. around in the backfield looking for anybody. <laughs> 
Nothing. Put a sundial on it. He could have, a hundred percent. It was it was that kind of of coverage by the secondary. I understand if you look there and you say, why isn't the pass rush getting to him? Well, it's because they've stacked their numbers in the secondary and the coverages that they were putting together in this game were exceptional. Before those that that last drive, the Raiders had one reception by a wide receiver. Yes. Stunning. I mean, that's incredible. And now look, I mean, obviously this offense runs through its running backs and its tight ends more than anything else. Darren Waller ended up with 100 yards in this game. I'll have to go back and check and figure out when those seven receptions all came and everything. But hardly a dominant performance from him. I told you, I, t- I tell you, he got exactly 100 yards. Whenever I saw that, my thought was, oh, really? When did that happen? And, and frankly, that was the case for Josh Jacobs as well. He averaged six yards a carry. He had 17 carries for 104 yards. But there were so many times in this game where he ended up getting stopped behind the line of scrimmage, stuffed at the line, a couple of very nice runs. But man, the, the, specifically for me, the secondary, taking away the, the options from Derek Carr that, that he just simply didn't have for huge chunks of the game, even whenever the offense isn't exceptional, they were up 21 nothing at halftime. You cannot, even at the worst of the Chiefs' run defense and the best running offense in the NFL, you're not going to make up 21 points in the second half by exclusively running the football and then giving it back to the Chiefs. It's just that that's never going to work in your favor. And so the the secondary being a point of emphasis here I think is really important because I think that result for the Chiefs, specifically in that group, is extremely, extremely noteworthy, and they'll have another test next week against New England. Yes, and you mentioned when you're watching the live broadcast, um, even if you're at the stadium, you're usually not focusing on the secondary. You're sure. just not. The TV broadcast sure. is not going to show you. I thought Tony Romo did an excellent job, at least, I, I think I counted three times, where he's breaking down yep. the secondary, and he's like, you want to know why Derek Carr is in the pocket for eight seconds and can't throw it? And he would show you where all the wide receivers were and where all the defensive backs were. And they're moving around back there, too, making sure everybody's covered, making sure they got a, a hat on a hat or two hats on a hat yep. to, to kind of lock it, it all up. So Tony Romo did a great job of showing that. And by the way, Tony Romo in a blowout game might be better than Tony Romo in a competitive game. Right. Because he is funny. Yeah. And he gets good. Jim Nance to kind of play along where, you know, Romo, on the on the field goal by the Raiders, he said, all right, they're within four scores. <laughs> <laughs> As just, opposed to before when they hilarious. were within four scores. Yeah. Oh. Nance had a couple of kills me. good one liners. He gets some personality out of him. It's not it's not the masters broadcast. No. And that's I appreciate <laughs> yes, that. Yes, absolutely. I'm I just came away very impressed from with the defense today. And I've I've been impressed by the defense before just today. This isn't the first time that I've gone, oh, you know what? Maybe this defense is actually okay. But I think we've seen them put in some bad spots. And, like, at the end, that last drive, they went down and scored a touchdown. Like, and then they took two points of it immediately back. That was a four-point drive, and the game was was packed away. I don't think Spags was dialing up any of his special uh, any of his, uh, specialty plays at the end there. But whenever you, whenever you have a team shut out for three quarters as you are not having your best offensive game, it's, it's hard for me to give praise more effusive than that as you get a, a defense that has has so many times been begged to look dominant for a full stretch and again like last week against the Chargers not last two week, you know last game against the Chargers and that second half especially they were tested and tested and tested and tested and they forced turnovers and they got stops and they did it with really talented running backs which again you can find the different spots throughout this year where that's been a challenge for the Chiefs 
how do they stop Dalvin Cook or slow down Dalvin Cook at least and then have a real problem with Derrick Henry? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why those inconsistencies match up the way that they do. I don't know why Mike Pennell was inactive for the Titans game. I, I don't know. Some of those things I cannot fully explain to you other than football can be weird and teams can be inconsistent. But to see a, a, a defense be this consistent over the course of a game where, again, 100 yards rushing and 100 yards for Waller this is one of those times when I, I I I know that yards per carry is a good it's a nice stat to try to figure out how a team has performed over a period of time. I will use that stat as a, as a watermark pretty frequently. Similarly to, to to the Chargers game, honestly, I would beg of you look beyond even the good box score stats and and remember back on the flow of this game. Josh Jacobs had some really nice stretches and a couple of really nice carries, but the amount of time that they ended up having second and 10, second and 8, second and 12, those kind of of long downs created for themselves because of the performance of, of a guy like Chris Jones in the middle, Colin Saunders in the middle, Derek Nottie in the middle, that's the kind of thing that... The, the the end game stat line doesn't doesn't do as much for me as the narrative does, which is the Chiefs were not getting run out of the building on the ground. No. This is not what was happening in the Colts game, or or certainly against uh, Derrick Henry. This is a very different performance, even as the stat line might be confusing in that regard. Yeah, and I noted you talk about the Raiders and how they how Josh Jacobs ran in this game, and he's a, he's a terrific rookie. And another one of the jokes during the broadcast is Jim Nance said, uh, "Hey, guess what?" Uh, for the third time tonight, Josh Jacobs has gone over 100 yards because yes, he, he kept, kept going back kept and forth. losing yards, which yes. I thought was hilarious. Yes, and I, I tweeted out when it was when the Chiefs got up 24 to nothing. I tweeted out, well, or maybe it's 31 to nothing. It's going to be awfully hard for the Raiders to find any way back into this game if they stick with the run game and don't open it up. Now you look at Waller, you look at Moreau, the other young tight end. I don't care if you're the Raiders. I don't care if you have to throw it to him. 30 times. Mm-hmm. They were the most effective in moving the ball for large chunks of yards. Yeah. Jacobs is getting six yards here, eight yards here, occasionally a 12 or 15 yard gain here. But if it's Waller and Moreau and, uh, you know, a couple other people, they who was the one wide receiver um, who had the first, who had the only catch through like three quarters? Um, it was. Sir, nope, that's the rushing. Hold on. Zay Jones. Zay Jones, yeah. And so if you've got those guys that that are really good players, mm-hmm. why are they not going to that? I mean, thankfully for the Chiefs, they didn't do that. But I, I think part of that is back to the credit of the defense. Yeah. If, you're, if your best options aren't getting used, I mean, that can be a game plan issue. Right. But I think it could often be pointed to say, you know what, they, they didn't go to those guys more often because right. they couldn't. And let, let's also be a little bit honest here. I never, ever say that a team or a player quits because these are mm-hmm. professionals sure they're paid to do this they fight hard and the Raiders were fighting hard on that last chief scoring drive yeah they were hitting and driving hard but I think some of those players had mentally checked out at either 24 nothing or 31 nothing they they weren't coming back from that and the play calling the creativity the play calling was just not there now maybe that's more on the coaching staff than the players but that game was over way before the finish line yeah uh, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes a little bit sure. before we hear yep. from him. He was he was great when he returned against the Titans. He was not good against the Chargers. Worst game as a professional. 
stat line here is super weird, and there are a yes. couple of, of throws that I'm guessing is going are going to stick in, in the heads of some people. Uh, I don't care literally at all about the wobbly throw over the middle that was like should have been picked. Yes, that is the exact throw that he makes two or three times a game. And if it would have been a spiral, it would have been a highlight. Mm-hmm. That's not a poor decision when you're Patrick Mahomes. If he's trying to make that throw in here 13 and his arm looks like Philip Rivers' arm, we can have that discussion then. But that was a throw where you can look at the wind or the way it came out of his hand or whatever. That's fine. It can be. It, it could have been a bad ball out of his hand, but it was a fine choice. I have no problem with it. The pick that was ultimately overturned looked like a worse throw, but then you see the interference that's there. Mm-hmm. Romo suggested he was throwing to Tyreek Hill, and if that was the case, Hill did have his route basically stopped by running yes. into a defender. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not as eager to do excuse making on that one because I just. I'm not totally sure what was happening there. But also, altogether, you get some nice throws. You have the long pass to Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey goes for uh, 5 for 90 in this game. The 47-yarder was his longest. And then outside of that, I mean, it was that was the longest uh, throw uh, reception of the game. Tyreek Hill was 5 for 55. LaShawn McCoy was 3 for 20. No one else caught more than one pass. It was a really weird game for Mahomes. I don't think he was bad in this game. Uh, on a on a watch in real time, but it is pretty interesting to see this sort of performance in a game that was actually working out pretty well for the Chiefs in general. Yeah, and you know the one pass that that should have been intercepted that was dropped. Two other plays you mentioned the play to Kelsey. I call those um, over the top throws. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean that one to Kelsey. You can call that a jump ball. He went way up and climbed the ladder to get. Yes. That. But I call that an over-the-top throw. He also had the over-the-top throw to Tyreek down the left sideline. Over-the-top throw. So those are kind of similar plays, mm-hmm. similar throws to the one that should have been intercepted. Right. So it's going to work out more often than not with Patrick Mahomes. And he'll refine it. He Look, the man's going to make interceptions. Sure. That That's going to happen. Okay, he only has three this season, but that's going to happen. And I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit concerned okay. about these two games back-to-back. Uh, he looked healthy. He's a willing scrambler again. He was running successfully. And so I am i don't think that there is, like, the ankle-knee thing to look at. And so if if, if you have a, a, just a twinge of concern about him just not being quite as consistent, especially because it's been two games in a row, I'm fine with that. Again, he was very good against the Titans. But at least the offense altogether hasn't been as superb. Uh, I'm pretty sure Andy Reid's coming to the podium very, very soon because I just got a notification about it going up on the 810 Facebook page. If you want to watch Andy Reid, you can go to the Sports Radio 810 Facebook page. You can also watch this post-game show with myself, Josh Briscoe, and Brad Porter. Myself, Josh Briscoe, is all <laughs> there me. You go. It's not three people. Let me Allow me to introduce myself to myself. It's me and Brad, and then Beard's hitting Thanks. all the buttons back there. And so I think we're, we're looking for the, uh, the post-game pressers relatively soon. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes live from Arrowhead. I'll, I'll be interested to hear how Mahomes discusses his game here because, you know, uh, for all the time talks about getting the win and being successful. We're going to hear that from Mahomes here. Well, also, he wasn't – he was not a tire fire – he wasn't an MVP either. So I, this is one of those games where I want to go back and, and specifically rewatch to focus on the quarterback because this was a strange game where I wasn't doing that because of all of the other things that ended up happening here. But it's it's funny to say that the Chiefs' offense was was subpar in a game where they all together put up 40 points. 
it's a it's a funny place to be uh, in evaluating where this uh, where this team is at. So again, completing half of his passes without I will also say like the offensive line's a little bit concerning. But Andy Reid is out of Arrowhead right now. Let's go live to him. Um, Rashad Fenton uh, tweaked his hamstring, as did uh, Daryl Williams. Um, then Frank Clark hurt his shoulder, so I think we're going to be okay with <clears throat> as we go on with those guys. But we'll see how that goes. Um, listen, my hat goes off to the Raiders, um, Mike Mayock and John Gruden. I think have done a nice job with that team. Um, and then on the other side, of that I'm also also very proud of our our guys. And I thought it was a pure team win, and um, all three phases contributed, which um, is important this time of the year. And so. <clears throat> we, and some of the young guys, Juan Thornhills, um, did a nice job. He's been so close on these interceptions, and here he gets a big one. Tyron got another one, which was huge. Um, between Fenton and O'Daniel taking care of the, the fumble on uh, special teams, uh, that was a nice thing. And then offensively, just the fact of not having the penalties, really on either side of the ball, but not having the penalties. Um, you can do some good things if you if you do that, and then you're productive in the red zone. Uh, normally, good things happen. Um, and then it was good to get Darwin in and uh, get in, get him a few reps <clears throat> as he continues to grow, um, you know, in, in the NFL and in our offense. So, all in all, a good win. Time's yours. Andy, what, what was the key to the penalties? Um, the difference penalties. Obviously, it's a point of emphasis, but how did you get there? Well, I, listen, I, I compliment the players on that. I mean, they're inevitably they're the ones out there playing, and, and um, they did a nice job with it. They, uh, it was a mindset that they had, and it all worked out. So. Coach, were you surprised, I guess, the first pass of the period that you all challenged didn't get called, but the second one that ended up being the Patrick having the interception was reversed, and you all missed one on that play? Yeah, listen, I mean, things happen. So I've... Um, Obviously challenged it because I thought we'd have a chance, but um, it didn't work out. But we ended up getting the other one, so um, I'm happy about that. But did you have like, well, yeah? Did they did they look at it because it was a turnover, or did they or did you try to challenge? The I didn't challenge the second one. No. Where do you like kind of draw the line between they're not reversing anything versus I got to challenge this just in case? Like, how do you how do you? Yeah, well, I, fe I felt like the first one, you know, I needed to do it. Um, didn't get the first one, so I wasn't sure I'd get the second one. So, uh, but they took care of it and uh, they fixed it. I just mean overall, overall the, the whole season went. They're just not reversing anything. As a coach, how do you balance? Well, they've thrown a couple out there where they have, and so um, you, know, you got to go off of what you see. I trust the guys in the box on the replays, and um, I just subjective decision. You know, if I think it's right, right time, then I do it. Andy, what do, you, what do you see happening with the defense these last few weeks? I know you, you felt like there was a hiccup, but the, maybe four, five, six weeks now that, and now kind of playmaking and, and changing the game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there, I, I think Spag's done a nice job. I mean, the coordinators I thought put together a nice game plan. He'd be on offense, and Dave on the special team side, and then Spag's um, um, on the defensive side. I just um, and the guys are they're into it. They're, the young guys are. Gaining experience as we go, um, we still have plenty of room to improve, but we're seeing improvement every week. So that's a um, that's a plus. But we we got to keep our you know foot to the 
pedal there and keep pushing. So. Talk if you were clicked about Deshaun McCoy a couple weeks ago. Uh, you didn't pay him in Nashville, I guess, which is just split management to the NFL. Talk about his play today, scoring a touchdown. Yeah, no, he did a he did a nice job. He had productive runs today, and. Um, I mean, we're not fooling anybody here. I mean, he's not getting younger. So um, it's my responsibility to manage him the best I can. And I think I know him as well as anybody. So um, I'm going to do what I think is right on that. And if it's wrong, then it's my fault, right? So I'll take that um, on my shoulders there. But I, um, and he, I know he wants to play every play, and he loves to play. Uh, but I've also got to trust, uh, you know, what I, what I do. On that part, Coach, whether it's Darwin or Collins, Connors made a few plays. Obviously, it's more Hill. Just how important is it that you made a couple plays before you left? How important is it that rookies at this point in the season are starting to turn corner and make some plays? Yeah, they've uh, they've done a nice job. I'm just tribute to Brett and the guys that he's brought in here, and um, and where they're producing, they're getting better every week, um, and then their coaches for uh, working with them. So there's a lot of time that's being spent with the young guys to try to catch them up as fast as you can. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's been good that way, and there's no better time than right now. I mean, each game is an important game here, and as you go, and so uh, you gotta you gotta grow fast, and they've they've been working on that. <laughs> Andy, just offensively, I mean, obviously you had 40 points on the board, but it didn't look like everything was really in sync either at times. What, what, what would you say is happening there? Yeah, you know. Um, there were, there were enough good things that, that uh, I, you know, I didn't mention Kels for the 9K, you know, and all those things. Well, hey, but <clears throat> everything's not going to be perfect. Um, <clears throat> you're, you're dealing with some elements now, and you've got to work through those things. And uh, But there was enough good there that if we start critiquing uh, a couple bad ones, and we're, uh, we're missing out on some pretty good ones. Just real quick, was the wind a little more of a factor that we might have been able to tell from up top? Well, you probably didn't notice that it was windy today. <laughs> so it was. Yeah, so it was windy, but I, I thought we did pretty good with it. You know, we had a pretty productive day. So, all right, good. Yep. That's head coach Andy Reid live from Arrowhead Air Sports Radio 810, brought to you by 360 Vodka. Uh, Andy Reid's press conference is brought to you by 360 Vodka. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, grab a bottle of 360 Vodka for next tailgate or watch party. 360 Vodka is the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs and has your game day cocktails covered all season long. Also brought to you by KC Grilling Company, located in Olathe at 159th and Merlin. Your one-stop shop for all your tailgating needs. Stop by and check out KC Grilling Company or go to KC Grilling. Dot com. Brad, there are a couple interesting things in there. Now, I do have, whenever I was beginning to say that I have some slight concerns offensively that can slightly correlate with Patrick Mahomes, there are a couple of ways I want to extrapolate on that, both with the offensive line today um, and some of the drops. Reed mentioned the good from Travis Kelsey. He also had a couple of passes like go through his forearms yes. today that, you know, I don't know how often that ends up happening if you give him a hundred of those. But those were a couple of places where I, I do think that saying they had some missed opportunities offensively would be fair. Yes. Travis Kelsey had two drops early, two big ones. I mean, they were just right there. And then he had two more that went right through his hands and forearms, as you mentioned. Uh, one of them was in the end zone. And so you're kind of looking at that. and you're, you'd, have to, you'd have to look back again at the, at the All-22. And we're going to go back out live <laughs> to Patrick Mahomes here at Arrowhead. Sorry, Brad. I'm get that touchdown. And then the second time we, we came short on the fourth down, but then they get the pick six. I mean, it made it made our job easy as an offense, just trying to move the ball down the field and score points. Patrick, what have you seen from 
Yeah, I mean, he's been working all year long. I mean, you saw in the preseason, and you've seen it in, in little spurts. But, I mean, he's, he runs hard. and he, I mean, he's a small guy, but he's a, he's a stocky guy. And so uh, he, he gets in there, he runs the ball hard, and he was, hit, he was hitting it and, and really drained that, that whole fourth quarter, and it was a big uh, drive for him. Pat, what was the play when you ran for that 13-yard touchdown? Was that, was that a call play? I mean, when you saw just Pedro, what was your, what was your thinking about? I mean, I'm not like trying to call him out, but Tyreek, he didn't run the right route. He would have had a touchdown. So, I mean, he, he was supposed to run a little swing route down the sideline is what I said to him. And uh, I, I told him, if, I mean, if he didn't want the touchdown, I'll take it. And so uh, he, uh, he didn't run it uh, the, the right way, but we found a way to get a touchdown. Patrick, how much of this? What kind of factor was, was win today? Um, and and was, it, was it more so than, than you might have encountered this season? Uh, not necessarily. I think that we've had windy games here, like the Vikings game. I mean, obviously wasn't playing. Uh, but uh, I've played in a lot of windy games uh, being in Lubbock and uh, at Texas Tech, and so I understand that it's a factor, but you, I think as long as you throw spirals and uh, you can kind of drive it through the wind, I think to me the harder part is when you're throwing with the wind because then you have to try to judge the kind of the deep passes, and you saw that one with Kelsey where I kind of left it up there too much and it kind of floated back to the inside. And so, I mean, the wind is, is part of it. It's part of playing in Kansas City, and uh, I, I take joy in being able to go out there and practice and work on my game and being able to throw the ball through it. And just along those lines, it, it seemed like maybe a little out of sync offensively today at, at times. It, did you feel like that? And if so, what, what, what was behind that? Yeah, I mean, I think our standard for ourselves is to score on every single drive, and so anytime we don't do that, we feel like we fell short. Uh, but uh, I mean, I think the big, the biggest thing is going out there and finding a way to win football games. I mean, we've been kind of known in these last few years of scoring all these points and putting up all these numbers. But when your defense is playing like that and they're getting the ball back to you, it's about not trying to turn the ball over and about scoring points whenever you get the opportunity to. And Patrick, following up on that, obviously, first game of the season, you all against Jacksonville, you can score 40 plus. We talked, we talked after the game. Uh, team being healthy, everybody back. Obviously, Frank, Frank Clark will, will shake you right now, but. That being said, this team offensively and with the defense kicking it like that—is this what you—is this what you all expect from this team going further? Yeah, that, I mean that—that's what we've expected all season long, and you know, I think you've seen it week by week. The defense getting better. Uh, the special team made great plays today, and then the offense. I mean, we're just playing with the flow of the game. Uh, I mean, we—we've—we've we've been in every type of football game it seems like now, and uh, just trying to find ways to win each and every game because every every game flow is different. And I feel like today it was—it's about letting the defense letting the defense eat and uh, us taking the opportunities to score when we can. Yeah, I think I think every single game is different. I think that's the biggest thing about it all. It's about not hurting yourself and going out there and executing whatever defense or whatever uh, coverage that you get. And uh, every single game is going to be different. The Chargers game, the defense played 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 well, and we, we kind of battled through. I feel like today it, was, it wasn't that we didn't play well. It was that the defense was playing so well, given the short field positions, that we were just trying to execute and score whenever we got them. And, uh, I mean, it, it was cool when you looked up there, and I, I felt like we had only scored a couple times, and it was like 31-0. And so it's, uh, it's, it's about going with the game and figure out the flow of the game and finding the best way to win it. Pat, uh, New England next week, is that a necessary step for this team to go into that place and beat those guys? Yeah, I mean, as it, as as far as it looks, is that you're going to have to go there to win at, at some point. And so for us, it's uh, it's about finding a way to to play a really good football team in a, in a uh, environment where they they win a lot of football games and trying to find a way to to go out there and find a way to win. And 
it's 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 kind of been a thing where we've came close last year uh, when when Alex was here. They, we did actually get to go there and get the win. And so it's, the guys on the team know how to. It's about trying to find the best way to do it. When you watch that guy, I know you got to go and watch. But what are you going to be looking for in that matchup against the Texans with the Patriots? Tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, watching the Texans film is, is very uh, – it, it works out very well for us because they have a lot of those same receivers and running backs and guys that can make plays and Deshaun who can scramble around and make a lot of these big-time throws. And so it's good. It's going to be good tape for us to see how they go about that. Uh, the thing with New England, though, I mean, th- they can change complete game plans every single week. And so we'll watch that, but we'll also watch what they did the entire season, watch what they've done to us the last few years, and try to figure out the best way we can go out there and have a game plan. And then whenever they make their adjustments and they do do different stuff, we're able to kind of combat that with our adjustments on our side as well. A couple more. Pat, in this game, you were able to get outside the pocket a little bit more, look more like yourself back there, getting outside and making the big run for the touchdown like you did. Are you finally starting to feel back to – completely 100% start to feel like yourself again. Yeah, I definitely feel a lot better, I mean, coming off that bye week. I mean, being able to get that rest, uh, still do the rehab, still do the treatment, and I think the more time that I get uh, where I can kind of be away from that injury, then the better I'll feel. And so, I mean, it's it's it definitely felt good being able to run. I got to pick my knees up a little bit and, and get in the end zone. Last one. Back to the no penalty looked like you maybe talked the ref out of that first penalty on the first touchdown, Darrell Williams. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily talked him out of it. I, I try to plead my case no matter what what what, uh, what, what happens. But uh, all I kind of said was he we had kind of designed the play, and we knew the defense that we were going to get, and we knew that they were going to kind of run at the line of scrimmage. And we had told to Kels, if he's at the line of scrimmage, you can kind of give him a little chip. And so he did that, and that's the and that was the rule. So whenever the refs conferred with each other, they were able to come about that with each other when they both saw that, and they, they realized that uh, it was a legal play. So I'll take that as a yes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always do. I always plead my case. That's Patrick Mahomes live from Arrowhead here on Sports Radio 810. And Patrick Mahomes' press conference is presented by Good Sense. Good Sense was founded 30 years ago right here in Kansas City and could not be more proud of their hometown. Then it'll be truly great at something takes hard work, and it just makes good sense to have Patrick Mahomes as a part of their team. Also, they have me as a part of their team because I went there for lunch today, and it was delicious. That part's not in the copy. That's just that's just true ad-libbing. So much like Patrick Mahomes, I do my best while improving. Uh, Brad, a couple of things there for Mahomes. First of all, the the penalty that he talked them out of that he was describing right there, not uh, not a, a quarterback defending a, a bad call that went in his favor. Kelsey was within a yard of the line of scrimmage. They sounded like they knew that was coming, and that was an actually totally legal play by them. The, these are things that smart coaches do. They know the rules. And I think most guys in the NFL know the rules, mm-hmm. but occasionally you can pick out a couple of rules that you can really take advantage of. The best at doing this is Bill Belichick. Yeah. He'll find these odd rules where he can use a formation that doesn't look legal, and then they'll score, and a referee will throw a flag and say, ah, you didn't have enough men on the line of scrimmage. And they go, one, two, three, four, yeah. five. Yeah. And Belichick will actually say, you know, well, we dropped this guy back, and he was actually one step back. So that's, I mean, that's just great play design. Yeah. To know that you're going to get that defense yep. and make that block and then make sure the referees understand in case they forgot. Outstanding. Also for Patrick Mahomes. I like him calling out Tyreek Hill right there in front yeah, of everybody. Yeah. No, he was touchdown. He, he was kidding. He was saying on the running it. touchdown it was touchdown. supposed to be Tyreek, but he ran the wrong route. I believe but it. He'll, he'll take it. I'm sure that's true. Yes, it is. We <laughs> need to take a break here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. That is Brad Porter. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Uh, whenever we come back, we will take some calls if you'd like. 913-3-8-10-8-10. And uh, hear some more audio from the locker room. 
and uh, generally break down a few more pieces of the action. I will continue to discuss uh, why I have, and more specifically define what I would have as some slight concerns with this offense right now. I'm not freaking out, but there's some things I'm going to be keeping my eye on, especially as they head to New England next week for a game that'll be a really good litmus test of where this team is at. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Oakland. All three timeouts remaining, trailing 14 to nothing. Shotgun this time for Carr. Slant patterned, intercepted at the 40-35. Coming to the near side, it's one Thornhill. 10-5, touchdown, Kansas City. A pick six by the rookie from Virginia. That play and a couple others are why Juan Thornhill is our famous among friends player of the game. This football season, keep it crisp with Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of your Kansas City Chiefs. A well-earned honor, and it truly is an yes. honor for Thornhill today. By the way, Beards, can you take my camera real quick? Real quick, I'm just going to show you something. So I've, you can watch we, the show on the Sports Radio Facebook page. Yes, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, the the chairs in the studio, I can never find one that's right, and yes. this one keeps dropping. Look at me. Oh yes, yeah, slowly it, sinking. Yeah, I'm sinking to where. Oh, you got the sinker. Yeah, I'm at the I'm at the kids' table at Thanksgiving. Is what it feels. <laughs> and my my arms can barely get up on the on the tabletop. That one used to be in the control room, and it just I'd sit in here, and every so often I would just start sinking slowly and slowly, and it was. I'm going worst. to be I'm I'm going to be on the ground in about ten minutes. I might as well just stand up and do the show. If you want to watch Brad do the show from quicksand, you can watch the show on the it's Sports Radio Facebook page. Shrinking. By the way, there both. there are certain things that just kind of strike me as funny. Maybe not funny, haha, but funny, strange. So I wanted to funny how I wanted to see how the official scoring went for the blocked extra point and then the return for two points. Mm-hmm. First of all, I didn't catch who blocked it. It was Tano Passigno. Yes. Who, by the way, outstanding game in his own right, mm-hmm. all the way around. Mm-hmm. So the way it's scored is uh, extra point is blocked. Tano Passigno, uh, defensive two point attempt. Charvarius Ward recovered the blocked kick. Attempt succeeds. So they call that a successful two-point attempt. <laughs> it's a scoop and score, but it's called a successful two-point attempt. On the little score summary, it is a <laughs> D2P, which I've, I was not expecting to be a, a real thing so, there. So then I was wondering, okay, so Darwin Thompson gets his first NFL touchdown, right? Correct. Juan Thornhill, first NFL touchdown. Yes. So traditionally you get... You keep the ball if it's mm-hmm. a significant one. You go have it painted, you know, white with the panel. And sure, uh, first NFL touchdown, uh, December first, two thousand nineteen, Chiefs versus Raiders. Okay, so Darwin gets his, Thornhill gets his. So far uh, for Charvarius Ward, what does he print on his football? Successful two point attempt after block extra point. Yes, it's very wordy. There's a lot of text. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's exactly it. <laughs> Uh, if you want to uh, call into the show, you can do it 913-3810-810. Uh, let's get to Butch real quick here. What's up, Butch? How'd you, how you feeling after uh, the 40-9 to victory from the Chiefs today? Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs? How am I feeling? I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Walking around in the cold, damp air of Seattle, Washington, on my way to Canterbury Alehouse, so I can watch the Patriots hopefully lose to the Houston Texans. I don't have my, my fingers crossed, or I'm not going to hold my breath on that one, but I hope it happens. 
yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I'll keep it to a couple quick notes. I'll let you guys discuss what I'm about to discuss as well, because I'm sure you already have, at least to some extent. Um, well, you, you mentioned a couple of uh, concerns, of course. Are not too many complaints after a 40-9 win, but, yeah, there were a couple of concerns. First of all, Patrick Mahomes was bailing out to the right side of the offensive line a lot mm-hmm. in that first half. He did not trust the left side of that pass protection to hold up. It was sloppy, and the offense was a little bit off-kilter and off-balance because of it. So hopefully that gets ironed out here pretty soon. It looked like the offensive line sort of uh, mellowed out, even out as the game went along, and they were able to uh, eventually get some offense going. But I'm a little concerned about that going forward. Um, the, the other thing that I was a little bit concerned about as well, excuse me, is that by the time we started really getting going on offense, it seems to me that I hate to call out Andy for this. Andy, stick with it back. Put it back in there and stick with him. I saw Raheem Mostert for the, the San Francisco 49ers carry mm-hmm. the ball something like 30 times for a career high because he was able to get the run game going with multiple runs. I think if we just kind of pick a guy and go with him, let him get his in that game, it would be a little better off. Now, as for the obvious, we need to go ahead and put Derek Carr. We The Chiefs might be able to claim Derek Carr on their taxes the way he comes <laughs> to Arrowhead and gets run so consistently. What is it about stepping side? We're a good team, but we're not that good. What is it about coming here and him just absolutely laying a dud? It happened again. I was glad to see that. But let's call this what it is, gentlemen. This was a good win. It wasn't just a win, though. This was the audition. This was the audition for next week. And if we go into next week – and we're able to. It doesn't have to look pretty. We don't have to destroy them. If we go out there and we just play consistent football, do what we did this game, no turnovers. Special teams plays well. You get a special teams turnover. You don't have penalties on, turn, on special teams. You come out and you play a clean game, and you somehow come away with a win, that will let the rest of the league know maybe it's going to be the Chiefs that represent the AFC instead of Baltimore in the Super Bowl. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate the call, Butch, as always. A uh, handful of things in there. So, one, like, it feels insane to say the Chiefs didn't actually turn the ball over in this game because there were, like, three or four times. Like, oh, here it is. Yes. Oh, nope, never mind. We're good. So that that matters for sure. No penalties being accepted matters in a big way. There was the penalty against Darwin Thompson that, that cost them four points ultimately because it was an offsetting penalty. Uh, otherwise, the Chiefs would have had a touchdown on that play. It was also like a very ticky-tack holding call. It was I wouldn't have thrown the flag on that play. But I also think that was one of the reasons he hadn't gotten on the field sooner is because I'm not sure Andy Reid completely trusts him in pass blocking yet, but hopefully uh, his audition tonight went well enough that, that he'll get some more work. I, I, the, on the issue of, uh, of sticking with a single back, and I, we were watching the Ravens-Niners game and seeing the same thing, on the issue of sticking with one running back, uh, the reason the Chiefs didn't today, and holy cow, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players recorded a rushing attempt for the Chiefs. That includes Matt Moore taking a knee. Um, it includes Anthony Sherman and Tyreek Hill and McCole Hardman, who all only had one. And Patrick Mahomes. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes had three. Okay. Darrell Williams had six. Sean McCoy had five. Darwin Thompson ended up with 11 at the end. I don't mind the idea of trying to stick with one guy to see if he can get in a little bit of a rhythm. I think that's worth exploring. But here, I mean, Damian Williams obviously didn't play at all. He's hurt. LaShawn McCoy, you don't want to run into the ground, even as I think he's the most explosive back on this team. Uh, Darrell Williams ended up leaving with a hamstring, and then and then Darwin Thompson took over at the end. So 
I think you saw Darwin Thompson in a rhythm towards the end of the game because you're never going to see a back get that many carries in one series the rest of this season um, unless something goes unless very, very well, I guess. Unless it's late in the fourth quarter and you got a lead. And you're up by 30. Yes. And it better yes. not be when you're up by eight right. against the Patriots. I will freak <laughs> out because like the, Darwin was, was running well on that drive, mm-hmm. uh, but also the Raiders had multiple penalties that kept the drive alive for mm-hmm. the Chiefs. Those count. Mm-hmm. That's good. But Garrett Dieter getting his face mask tugged on isn't exactly, you know, the running game salting away a victory. It's <laughs> right. it's multifaceted. Um, but I, I do think that that's all worthwhile. And the one other thing from Butch, talking about the offensive line, that's the thing that right now I'm, I'm probably the most lightly concerned about, or at least offensively for this team. Because he's right. Like, I... Just because Patrick Mahomes can backpedal and then throw a hook shot mm-hmm. and, and then complete that pass 20 yards downfield doesn't mean that's the way you want to see him completing a lot of his passes. If that has to happen a couple of times a game, or if you can use that and say, hey, you know what, they're going to bring pressure and we're not going to try to account for all of them because Mahomes is going to be in shotgun, he's going to take a, a five-step drop and then continue basically just backpedaling and then throw the ball like, like a hook shot. Um, if that is a tool used every once in a while, great, so be it. Use all of Mahomes' crazy sets of tools. But to see it become kind of a recurring thing, as it's been for basically since he got back from injury, to see him have you know some kind of apparent trust issues with the offensive line, usually well-earned and usually backpedaling in the face of pressure, I mean, it's not ideal. You would, you would like to see your quarterback be a little more confident in the protection that he's getting. Yeah, and I'll say this. The Raiders have a pretty good defensive line. Yes. Max Crosby yes. is phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Cleveland Farrell has been Farrell, very good. He's finally getting there. He's been there the last few weeks. He started off slow, but he's gotten there. So they've got some guys. But you're right. When when you see Mahomes, and, and you heard uh, Romo talking about this as well, that if he needs – I think he mentioned that John Gruden said we have to get to – Mahomes, because he'll drop 15 steps back and still make a throw, right. which we saw right. in this game. So yes, that that is definitely uh, definitely an area of concern if your if your quarterback is going back more than the three, five to seven step drops. And so, and like, I I think if anyone's listened to this show multiple weeks, I might not have to clarify this, but if you're new. I am not going. I'm not here to say Mahomes needs to play more carefully. He's too reckless. He's too much of a gunslinger. I am. In no way, that guy. I'm not here for any of that for the most part. I, I told you earlier in the show that, that one uh, dropped pick was just was just a Mahomes play. It didn't have the same zip on the ball that it has 9 out of 10 times, and that happens. The 47-step the drop and then heave thing, <laughs> that is a concern to me, not because I want him to take that out of his game, but because that's not ideal. That's not something you want to have to go back to the well for over and over and over again. That's where I'm lightly concerned. And you definitely don't want to do it next week against the Patriots. Yeah. Do you know how many points per game the Patriots are giving up this year? One. Is it that? <laughs> it's about that. It's, it's, <laughs> I looked it up before the game because I was looking for Beers, Raider- do you want to guess how many points per game the Patriots are giving up? It's got to be like 55, right? <laughs> it's north of 60, I think. I give him credit. Beards is very good at they these give games. Up, they give up 10.6 points <sighs> per game. That is... Insane. That's got to be a, that's got to be approaching NFL record levels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's outstanding. 
and, and yeah, I mean, you need the other thing is you need to take every opportunity you get in the NFL in general mm-hmm. against the Patriots, especially. I don't think, and like Mahomes mentioned this, you know, and, and Reed said, you kind of heard him get to the point a little bit of like, hey, if we're going to break down every bad thing, you're going to miss a lot of the good things that mm-hmm. we did today. And I think that's fair. I have, I don't want to, I don't want to sit down here and then tell you all the negative things and act like there weren't a lot of things to be very encouraged by. We started with the good stuff, mm-hmm. but Mahomes knows this. He said this. The standard for this Chiefs offense is supremely high. Mm-hmm. What the what the defense is doing is lowering the the necessary level of achievement from the offense. It's not lowering the expectation or the ceiling, though. And I'm going to keep evaluating this offense as something that needs to reach its ceiling against the Patriots. Travis Kelsey can't have two bad drops. Mm-mm. Travis Kelsey is an unbelievable football player who, I, frankly, I think this season has actually been largely underappreciated. He has incredible plays every week. Where you go, man, human beings don't do that. He's outstanding. He also had two drops that he can't have against the Patriots. This We've, we've seen this happen a few times in recent weeks from the entire crew. Frankly... Yeah. Uh, uh, Tyree Kill can't run the wrong route in the red zone right. next week. You know, I I, th- I think that all plays together here. And Sammy Watkins had a drop today too, so it was it was a problem for a number of players today. Yes, yes, it's been a problem and a couple of the board. A few, yeah a couple of weeks now. So um, let's uh, let's go into the locker room here. I, I want to hear from the first guy we talked about out of the gate, Juan Thornhill. We made him the player of the game, and uh, I think. 100% rightfully so. It's an excellent game from him, not just in the pick six, but really all around. And yet a couple of moments still where you find him making tackles way downfield. He's a safety. That'll happen. He didn't have any big whiffs like he did against Derrick Henry this week. So uh, the pick six and a really nice play on that fourth down to create the turnover on downs really had a, a, a huge role in two turnovers from the Raiders today. Let's hear what the rookie safety had to say following today's victory. Well, what did you see on the pick six? Take us through the play. Okay, well, I mean, I've said it once. I, I was just doing my job. So when the receiver broke inside, I just saw an opportunity to go make a play, and I, I jumped in and took it to the house. Juan, it looked like you guys had a read on Carr pretty much all day with some of his tendencies. What was he giving away to you all that you were able to jump those routes and make plays? Honestly, just study. Study all week. And then like, he wasn't really giving us much. But we were just doing what we had to do and doing our job. And it was just allowing us to make more plays. How would you describe how this second seems to be coming together and playing its best balls over the past couple of games. I mean, we're playing good when it, when it counts the most. Like, we gotta we gotta step up. We gotta get better each week because it's pushing towards the playoffs. So we gotta get ready to play and, and get better each week. That drive before your pick, you you got the, the stop on four times. What, what went into that? Turning the ball over and something else. Uh, just getting a good read, and then when the, when the receiver got the ball and was coming around the edge, I was just just filling my gap. Hopefully that he was gonna come where I was where I was headed. He came right to me and I just made the play. We were studying Derek Carr. Was there something that you you maybe noticed about when he plays here and how he struggles? Uh, I really didn't pay attention to that. Just just doing what I had to do and doing my job. That's the main thing I was focused on. How much have you learned from Tyron this season? I mean, he taught me a lot of things, man. Like, the guy's a heck of a player. Like, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for him because he's, like, giving me little small tips that will help me become a better player. So, he's definitely taught me a lot. Is there anything that stands out among those tips that has really helped you this season, anything smaller? I mean, it's not even anything really with football. He's just telling me to be myself. When you be yourself, you make more plays. So I'm just going out there just trying to have fun. That's like the biggest tip that he probably he gave me all year. How much of his interception set the tone for the defense and when they have 
driving down on there. I mean, the interception was a good play. I mean, I really wasn't even thinking about it, but it definitely helped us out a lot, and it just changed the momentum big time because the game went in our favor after that play. When was the last time you were in the end zone in a game? Ooh, that's definitely it was in high school. I haven't got one since I was. I mean, I wanted to get one in college, but I never had the opportunity. I got close a couple of times, but this is my first one. Prior to their field goal, you scored 59 straight points against them in the rivalry. Can you just talk about the domination of the Chiefs over the Raiders this season? I mean, the guy just stepped up when we needed us to. Like, we, we, we did our job, and it allowed us to be dominant whenever we needed it. So that's just the biggest thing. Well, what do you think the biggest thing that's happened the last three, four, five weeks has been with the defense allowing you guys to, to be more who you thought you'd be? I mean, guys just coming together. When you come together, you're, you're allowed to play a lot better because you know what the guy next to you is doing. It's going to allow you to play way faster. So guys are starting to learn the defense a lot more, just focusing on their job instead of trying to make – other plays that's not theirs. So when you focus on your job and everyone does their job, you just make plays. Do you think it's more guys knowing each other than having to know more about schemes? I mean, it's really more more that? Uh, we definitely we study a lot, but at the same time, guys knowing more than just one position. So when you know more than one position, it allows you to make more plays because you know what the guy beside you is going to do. You guys are really close to locking up your fourth straight division. Are you thinking about that or are you thinking about next week? And uh, I'm not even thinking about the division right now. I'm just focused on next week now and, and move forward from there. Well, who, gets the, uh, who gets the calls tonight uh, about uh, this game? I guess it's going to be me. Yeah, because they, they already came to me right now and told me that I get the call. So. There's one Thornhill getting the call tonight after his uh, really excellent game. He's been good all year, yes. but but there have been bad moments. There have been bad moments in a good season. Tonight, lots of good moments in a good season. That also, good news, kicks off our locker room report here on Sports Radio 8. That locker room report is brought to you by Continental Siding. Whether it's football or home improvement projects, you want to be a part of a winning team, and you can do that at Continental Siding Supply. Continental Siding Supply, giving lifetime warranties on siding and windows for 34 years. See it for yourself at smartsiding.com. We still need to hear from his uh, teammate at the safety spot, Tyron Matthew. We also have Chris Jones. Jones and Travis Kelsey for you over the course of the rest of the show. Plus, we can take your calls, 913-3810-810. If you want to get in line on the phones, we'll blast through some calls uh, pretty soon here as well. We'll also hear more from Brad Porter on the other side of the console. I'm Joshua Briscoe. I'll be here. We'll, we'll be here until the show the show bells ring. I guess that's like the beginning of a show. Until they toll? What do bells do at the end of a show? I don't know. But if you also just decided, you know what, I don't need any more of this show. I want to hear Patriots and Texans. You can flip it over to 1510 AM and 94.5 FM. That's ESPN Kansas City, our sister station here at Uno Broadcasting. We will also bring you uh, Patriots and Texans immediately after the conclusion of this Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. At 6.38 to go, second quarter. Mahomes takes the snap from Ryder, drifts to his left, holds the ball in his right hand. He can run. He's at the 10. He's at the 5. Angling near front pylon. Touchdown, Kansas City. A 13-yard scramble. They let Mahomes run to the end zone, and the Chiefs lead 13-0. That is our Tullamore Dew Tully touchdown of the game. We raise a giant toast. If you're watching on the Facebook page, I'll explain momentarily. We raise an enormous toast to Patrick Mahomes 
for his first rushing touchdown of the season here in 2019. Tullamore Dew is the original triple-blended, smooth-sipping Irish whiskey made exactly for these great moments in fandom. Please drink Tullamore Dew responsibly. So, so Tully I hooked us up with... Um, with a, this is literally a uh, one and three quarter liter bottle of Tullamore Dew. So if you're at home or you can't see this bottle right now, grab your nearest two liter of soda, pour out uh, one eighth of it, and then imagine that being full of the original uh, triple blended smooth sipping Irish whiskey. That is literally the biggest bottle of Irish whiskey I have ever seen. Beards, if you go ahead and cut back to me on Facebook, you can see me just holding it next to my head, and this is my new avatar on all of my social media profiles. By the way, it only took uh, almost two full seasons of begging to get that little uh, bad boy dropped off. Don't let anybody right. ever tell you that begging doesn't get you anywhere. Hey, I'm on board. And they, we, we've had it, we've had it at the at the station here for a minute, but uh, we still have not yet cracked the okay. seal, which is mostly just proof that we're not drinking during the show. Yes, um, very important. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, to cracking open this enormous bottle of Tullamore Dew. Thanks to everyone at Tully for bringing us uh, literally a bottle that is the size of a cinder block. It is. I, I incredibly appreciate it. And if a second one shows up that I could take to my holiday party? Because this one's mine. Uh, yes. Because if, if Tully wants to earn Brad's love, <laughs> then it needs to, the, one can fall into his hands. Um, you know what? We can share, Brad. I'll give you a shot of it. Yeah. You know what? You can have one glass on the rocks. I'll, I'll bring in like a, like a, some kind of Tupperware Kool-Aid pitcher. That's You can perfect. just pour it in, and then if I get pulled over on the way home, they'll say, you have an open container. What's in it? And you'll say, the original <laughs> triple-blended smooth-sipping Irish whiskey ossifer. Which I haven't touched. And then you'll give a little hiccup. It'll be comedically perfect. Yes. I'll have to put a seatbelt around it to... Keep it from spilling. Listen, listen to the sound it makes whenever I sit it down. <laughs> now, what if the glass would have just would have just exploded? That would have been bad. That would have been you a know, literal nightmare. I would have know, cursed on the radio for sure. Do you know how long this studio would have reeked of Irish whiskey if you dropped? I mean, that? how well, how long it would have been blessed by the delicious yes. scent of Irish whiskey? It would be decades. That's true. That's true. You might be pl- uh, paying for some new carpet. It would have been. It would have smelled like smooth sipping Irish whiskey. There you go. Down with Charlie Brown on that. What, what, no, don't bring Charlie Brown into this. He's yeah. underage. He can't drink. He knows how to party. It's true. Charlie Brown knows how to party. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew. I don't think they necessarily endorse that last part, but that's on Brad. Maybe he just gives it to his mom who says, wah, 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 after, after a couple. You can let that hang out there. We can go to the phones, 913-3810-810, if you'd like to uh, to hop in on the phone line. By the way, also, again, if you're looking for uh, Patriots-Texans, we'll get you to at least the second half of that, if not a little bit more. But it's over on ESPN Kansas City right now, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM. Uh, the Texans, I believe, went three and out, also burned a timeout, and I just saw Julian Edelman screaming in joy. So I'm kind of over this game already. They burned a timeout in less than a minute into the game. Bill O'Brien. Did you see there? Yeah. Great coach. That limit, B.O.B. Don't, don't get me started on Bill. Buckets O'Brains. He's so smart. Did Bill you see O'Brien. Their, did you see the video of their defensive players walking into the stadium? I sure did. The SWAT team gear. I'm good with costumes in the pregame uh, tunnels. Yeah. I actually like that. I just wish Bill O'Brien would dress up as a good coach. 
913 We'll start off with Justin. What's up, Justin? How you feeling? Hey, doing good, man. First time I've been to a Chiefs game, brought my 17-year-old from Utah. Good to see Darwin Thompson, our boy, get his first NFL touchdown. Yeah. What I'm calling about is uh, I feel like a lot of Mahomes is rolling out to the right as he's feeling ghost pressure, pressure that's not there. Mm. And I feel I feel like if he could step up in the pocket, if you go back and rewatch the game, there's multiple times if he would have stepped up in the pocket, it would have helped his offensive line, and he would have still had plenty of time to throw the ball. I'll hang up and let you talk. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Justin. Um, I, I will have to kind of take another pass at it, but I, I do not discount that possibility, uh, especially whenever you whenever you realize he has earned some distrust in that interior offensive line, especially with the injuries mm-hmm. early in the season um, and just with as banged up as he had been, even playing a little bit more, I don't say timidly, that's not fair, but but being cognizant of his limited mobility, being able to just sort of bail out and not have to worry about anybody falling on your ankles and everything, I'm sure is, is something that, that he got pretty accustomed to. And whenever you don't have faith in your interior O-line, and frankly, not if that's the case, it would be relatively well-learned. The guys in the middle there have been uh, up and down this year. LDT is a, a, high, a highly paid guy, but he hasn't really performed at that level. And uh, Ryder and Wiley are, are both still, you know, relative uh, question marks. And this was an issue that was brought up many times last year. Is, yeah. pa- is Patrick Mahomes bailing too early? Mm-hmm. And, it, as you said, you know, he's been stepped on. He's been rolled over. He's had... His own lineman shoved back into him. So yeah, yeah. It's and it, I, I'd rather you be bailing a little bit early than way too late. Yeah, and and I I do think that also plays into the bailing out backwards yes. and all of the things that can come with that. So I, I think yep. that's a that's a well taken observation. Maybe step up a couple of more. Yeah, on a couple. But you, of but you do need yes. you do need to trust. You do need to trust the guys yeah. in front of you. Yep. Um, also, by the way, just in case you're wondering again about Patriots Texans, the, the Texans just got flagged for a uh, really horrendous, unnecessary roughness penalty of a dude landing on Julian Edelman, and I'm just so over the Patriots. Can you tell? Am I hiding it well? I was over it last year in the AFC Championship. I've been game over it when, for my literal entire life. When Julian Edelman muffed the punt that they said he didn't muff, that it was clear. That's when you knew the fix was. I don't right. want to talk about it. Okay. I don't want to talk about it, Brad. I know I brought it up, and so you would say, "Wait, Josh, you you literally brought it up. You don't want to talk about it." No, I decided I didn't want to. Muffed punt didn't go on the record. All right, we have JP and JT on the line. I don't want to pump fake either of you. You guys are back to back, but JP is up first. How you feeling, JP? Pretty good. And the P is for Porter. How do you like that, Bradley? Uh, <laughs> both my son's initials are JP, so that's pretty good. I like that. Well, I tell you what, I've been wanting to make this call. For the two weeks leading up to this game, and I just couldn't find, that's a lot of time, but I just couldn't find the right time. Well, this will be perfect. I'm going to start this call off by saying, how does this sound, guys? The San Antonio Chiefs. Okay? I'm going to need explanation. I'm saying that the significance of this game will never play the Oakland Raiders again. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, Mm -hmm. we might play some. Vegas rat Raiders team or whatever, but I want you Raider fans to realize your team is gone from your town. It left once before for the L.A. woman, stayed there a little while, and you're lucky she came back to you. Well, she's gone now, 
And when you go to the desert, you go to the desert to die. So you can take all your skulls, all your spiky frickin' shoulder pads, save them for Halloween, whatever you want to do with that stuff. And it's real, hey, a black hole? Yeah, the black hole. You go in the black hole and you're gone. You never come back. So, Raider fans, how how do you really feel? Joe Raider? I never really had a Raider fan for a friend, and that's not on purpose. I just... I never got to meet Joe Raider anywhere, but this is a very significant game for us old Chiefs fans, okay? I want, you, I want to hear what you guys got to say about it. That's, that's, just, that's, that's how I'm feeling on this deal. It's a good point, JP. I appreciate you bringing it up because we hadn't mentioned that at all yet. Um, and also, it just it just turned into NFL film. Like there's a little NFL films voice in there. There I, you go. It's a good call from JP. We don't have callers of the day anymore. That's not one of the reads we have. But if I could I'd give the JP, also because Beards and I are both definitely nervous, he was going to say some word close. that was not safe for radio, and close. he dodged it the whole way through. That's a great call from JP. That's an excellent call. He's right. This is the last time the Kansas City Chiefs are going to play the Oakland Raiders. He, I think that's that, a wild thing to think about. There were points to that call where he got like to the final level of Frogger, where you almost can't move fast enough. It's a great to dodge, yes. the, and it was, and he made such it. a good reference. He made it. He made it across. Yep, I got really nervous around well, a couple of them. The part of that call, call I didn't get was the San Antonio Chiefs. I, is he saying that the Chiefs might move, or it's just like if they had mm-hmm. moved, how we would feel? Maybe I don't I, know. It's open interpretation. That was an interpretation. Or is it San Antonio Spurs comparison? Who knows? Twenty year dynasty. That was. I honestly thought about that for a second. Like that's not going to be it. It's going to be about Minnesota about the Raiders. It's a good call from JP. I like that. Yeah. And it, it, it is significant. I mean, you know, whenever you go through the lore of this division and both of these franchises and how far it goes back and everything, for me, I've only known the Oakland Raiders and, you know, the Chargers moving that didn't feel like that didn't feel all that impactful because it was from a city that, you know, cared about them some to a city that cares about them not at all. If they nope. moved to London, that would be more significant. But but the Oakland Raiders no longer being the Oakland Raiders next year is is going to be a little bit of a of of a mind bleep. And I I actually remember the Los Angeles Raiders when they moved and then Al Davis tried to he sued the league and the league sued Al Davis and it went on for years. Uh, and then all the um, a lot of the major rap stars were became Raiders fans, and they mm-hmm. would wear. You saw if you see all the old videos, sure, it's either L.A. Raiders or L.A. Kings hats. One of the two is what you saw most of those videos. Then it's uh, no, we're going back to Oakland. It, the lawsuits come out again, and we're and then it's like, okay, you've moved twice now. You're going to stick in Oakland. Nope, we're actually moving. Uh, we're going to try to get ahead of San Diego. If San Diego would have. Moved, uh, jumped on Vegas first. That would have been a much better option for them. Yeah, no They're kidding. like the 10th franchise of interest in Los Angeles. Yep. Yep. And they are probably going to have to suffer consequences of some I level there. I cannot wait to see the emptiness of a Chargers home game in the new $8 billion stadium. If it happens. If there is a Chargers home game in that in that stadium. Thanks for the call, JP. Now we go to JT. JT, what's up? How you feeling? Uh, guys, it's sort of a ho hum day, you know. I mean, Andy Reid comes off a bye and beats the Raiders again. <laughs> <laughs> Color by numbers. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I haven't had a lot of time to pay attention to it. I've been trying to see if the Lane train's going to end up in Como. But uh, the thing, my observations from this game are uh, the D looks good at home against middling teams. It'll be very interesting interesting to see how they look next week. Yes. Um, I to that end. 
do you guys think that uh, Brady, do you think he's got a better arm or, or worse arm than Carr? I think if you just had him throw in a straight line, I'd say he's a better, a much better decision maker with us with slightly less physically at this point. Yeah, yeah, decision making, I give you hundred percent. Sure, but but as far as not having the arm, I think it'll be very interesting to see what this D can do against him because yeah. I really don't think he's seen defenses that are opportunistic so far this year, and mm-hmm. there are opportunities there to see some good stuff. Yeah, I guess I got I got two other quick ones, and that's Mahomes. Uh, I think he's doing a great job right now because I think he's playing within himself and he's being. He's doing what he thinks needs to be done to win, mm-hmm. okay? And I would say that, that they got caught leaning at the line in Nashville. Yeah. But outside of that, they've, they've successfully done that. And lastly, I think Thompson could give us what Hunt did uh, a year ago or two years ago uh, in terms of closing out games. I'm not saying that you go solely to that, but mm-hmm. having the threat of somebody that can pick up six or seven yards with a couple of decent blocks is really key to making other things available, too. JT, I appreciate it. I'm glad you brought up Darwin Thompson as well because we haven't really given him much of a conversation yet, and I, I, he deserves one. Um, I, I, The Kareem Hunt comparison, I know where that's coming from, especially because, I mean, Hunt was not going to be the guy until Spencer Ware got hurt. And whenever he got hurt, it was, well, I guess it's Kareem Hunt, and we'll see what happens next. With Darwin Thompson, I think this is the way they want to bring him along, and even still, it's a little—it's been a little bit nudged along by injury, obviously, because of all these guys ahead of him. Um, I would be openly—I'll tell you—stunned if he ended up being a bell cow the rest of the year. I don't think the Chiefs—if the Chiefs had, you know, uh, Alvin Kamara, they might have a bell cow. But less than that, even if it was Ezekiel Elliott, I don't know that you would have enough carries to give to a running back to have a bell cow running back. I don't even think Darwin Thompson will end up with the majority of the carries from here on out. But that's very different than the conversation we were having about him before, which was, why is he never seeing the field? He's got really good balance, great contact balance. He, he's got very good vision, and he looked good tonight. I think you see him as a part of a rotation with LaShawn McCoy, um, Darrell Williams, Damian Williams whenever he comes back. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see all four of those guys active. I wouldn't be surprised to see Darrell Williams be the guy who's inactive uh, whenever they're all healthy again, if they're ever all healthy again, which is a tough thing for any four NFL running backs to be healthy at the same time. Um, I, I do think there's something to take from Darwin Thompson's performance tonight. Yes, and I will say this. I I, I would never compare him to, to Kareem Hunt at this point. Situationally, I get it. I get it. If that's the way, if that's the way you're going, but... You know, Thompson has openly talked about, look, I'm a short dude. I'm 5'8", mm-hmm. whatever, but he's packed on a lot of muscle. Cream mm-hmm. Hunt's about six inches taller and about 30 pounds heavier. That also was incredible in the passing game. Yes, we haven't really seen that from Darwin Thompson. And Kareem Hunt in open space is the battering ram that nobody wants to tackle. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. He has defensive backs saying, eh, business decision time. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to sit this one out. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not there yet, but he can be that kind of way. I tell you what stood out to me about Darwin Thompson tonight is – his quick cutbacks. Yeah. He had many plays that started, you know, a step two, three to the right, step two, three to the left, and he would cut right back through the lane in the middle. And I found my t- uh, my, myself in my notes saying, cut back, cut back, cut back, cut back. That's pretty damn good stuff. Yeah. So I like that. As for um, our caller, JT, wanted to know if Wayne was coming to Como. I'm assuming Como is Columbia, Missouri. I have no idea who Wayne is or what that's about. I'm glad you brought that up. It's definitely JT's definitely a Missouri guy, so it's definitely definitely a little uh, Barry Adam. I'm guessing I'm guessing it's a it's a coaching question, probably. But it also that completely went over my head 100. percent And I, I got was the going Como. To I just it. don't know who Wayne is. Who, I, but I don't have to. 
JT, you know what? I, I, I was told not to run with this information, but I, I'm going to break some connections here. Okay. Wayne Brady will be the next head coach of the Missouri Tigers. Again, would, they're going to be great in improvisational it moments. It would definitely be more entertaining product. A hundred percent. I was going to say Wayne Knight. A hundred percent. Wayne Knight actually was, again, I don't know if I can say this. I should really probably talk to my lawyer first. Uh, Wayne Knight was like, line, he had an interview and was lined up for his, uh, he, he was lined up uh, as sort of option number two. Bruce Wayne, however, uh, rejected oh, a coaching offer. Badass. But which Bruce Wayne? Been great. There's just only, the just the billionaire. Okay. Yeah, he's not he's not anything else, right? Well, I don't know. What are you inferring? The by Bruce Wayne like live action Bruce Wayne. Yeah, no, I mean just just a, he's just a very rich dude. Uh, if it's Michael he's very Keaton, smart. If it's Michael Keaton. I'm, I'm totally down with that. Wayne and that. I tell you what, if Wayne Knight were the head coach of the Missouri Tigers after the first win, the headline would be "Hello, Mizzou." It's a Seinfeld reference. The last couple of I got it. Uh, don't worry. Somebody did. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Beards. The last couple of years, Mizzou's basically had uh, Adam West, Bruce Wayne, coaching their team. Uh, I, like Bruce. I like Adam West. He's dead, though. Right. Well, That was what I was doing there. I don't know. I feel like the... <laughs> <laughs> it was dark. That was from, my fault. I ran from, out of Wayne's. I from, ran out of Wayne's. From, uh, it said, and a few good men. How's your dad, Danny? Uh, well, he passed away seven years ago. Don't I feel like the blankety blank? I'm glad you censored yourself. You made, Beards has been nervous this whole pretty segment. Good about it. I'm pretty good about it. All right, we need to take a break. Everyone who's on the line right now, hold on. We'll get to you all next segment. It is the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810. Again, brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Go Chiefs! Play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers ticket from the Missouri Lottery and win up to $600 cash instantly. Play it forward and play responsibly. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Center car now in the pocket will throw near side the pass intercepted in midfield intercepted by Tyron Matthew and his second pick in as many weeks the Honey Badger continues Derek Carr's frustration at Arrowhead Stadium with a pick at midfield. That's Tyron Matthews interception and that is our play of the game sponsored by the Central Bank of the Midwest. Take a new look at what's possible with the Central Bank of the Midwest. Visit centralbank.net for more. So we got we got clarification. We think JT was talking when we thought he said Wayne DeComo. It was Lane, like Lane Kiffin. That makes sense, and okay. I would love that. It'd be a hell of a show. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's if that's only if Mike Leach isn't available. Like I'm looking yeah. for press conferences here. If I'm being honest, yeah. I, Lane, Lane Kiffin cares about two things. One is Lane Kiffin. One is Lane Kiffin. That's number one. The number other two. one, money, seven figure check. Boom! I know Lane Kiffin. Maybe We're I should be the next head Simpatico coach. on that one. Uh, something that, that somebody tweeted in about was we were, I was tweeting, and we've been talking a little bit about the bye week, the, the first-round bye, and how that feels kind of uh, out of the realm of possibility at the moment. Ooh, by the way, the Texans just picked off Brady and uh, took it back down to the five. So uh, that's happening right now. But uh, Jason tweeted in to say if the playoff position set going to week 17, they can treat that as a bye week. And that's true, and that would be, I think, a unsportsmanlike uh, conduct is moving them back because, of course, it is. That would be You've a, a be silver kidding. lining. It's yeah, no, it's the of course, no, of course, of course, it is. Oh. Um, that would be that would be a silver lining of the the Patriots winning this game tonight. If the Chiefs could lock themselves in as the three seed, they could take their bye week in week seventeen and uh, and get a little bit of extra rest in there. 
He took his helmet off after the interception. I thought they were going to flag him because on the interception return, Brady slid out to attempt to not make a tackle, but maybe try to poke the ball away. Sure. And in, and instead of running away from Brady, which he should have done, mm-hmm. he just kept running in a straight line. And, How dare and, he? And, and Brady brushed him, and he should have been ejected out of the game for that. He should have been ejected out of the league. He should yep. have gotten Gone. the uh, XFL. He should have gotten the suspension that uh, what's his name got for betting on football. It's just like a year and a half. Eject him into the sun. He should. Have, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, forget yeah, the yeah. XFL. Go to the SFL, the Sun Football League. Straight kid, to the core. Kid from the Cardinals who's been hurt all year, and all of a sudden he's betting on football. You know how they caught him? Did you see that? No. He was using his own uh, player's card. Is that what they call it? Don't you're you kidding? Don't you? If you're he on was a, using like a team issued credit card to like load no, up his no, account like his or own, something. No, no, like his own. Like he went to the casino and got his player's card, and that I guess that, <sighs> isn't that what they call it at a casino? You have a player's uh, card. Beers like has no idea. So I it, also it, have no his idea. His name on it. I assumed he was just doing it online. Was he doing it in an actual casino that somewhere? It's even dumber. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like if I'm just making up a name here? Hey Tom, why don't you call your friend Billy and have him place the bet for you? Is now you're accusing Tom Brady of betting on football? Yes. Tom Brady needs to be suspended. With Bill Belichick is the middleman. Yes, that's exactly right. And that's and they use they draw money from that secret bank account that both of them have in the uh, Cayman Islands. So right now the, uh, the the Texans are in the red zone and it is three nothing Patriots uh, third and three here for the Texans. Uh, okay, you know what? We're gonna change this right now. Uh, I don't know if I need to wait for uh, to not do play by play accidentally. We have the rights to this game. We're just not airing it right now. We'll be airing it soon here on Sports Radio eight ten. But the Texans just scored a touchdown. There you go. And uh, it is six to three, pending an extra point. Hopefully, going to be seven to three for the Texans. And that is a Boulevard Brewing Company NFL scoreboard update. Boulevard Brewing Company, Kansas City's beer. You can listen to that down on ESPN Kansas City right now if you'd like. Fifteen ten a.m. ninety four point five FM will bring you at least the second half down here on eight ten. As soon as we wrap up here on the post game show, Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell just owning Belichick right now, just as everyone expected. Owned. owned. That'll definitely last. Definitely going to last. Uh, we can go to the phones here. We'll, we'll uh, hear some audio from Tyron Matthew, Darwin Thompson, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. We'll see who all we uh, we get through tonight before we hand you back over to the uh, to the Patriots and Texans game. But waiting on the line for a minute has been Tommy Mo. What's going on, Tommy Mo? So what you're telling me, Josh Shaw is as good as a DB as he is, is hiding his bet. <laughs> he might be better at, de- at playing defensive back, and I know what I'm saying. I know. Did you see him guard uh, Gronk last year? Listen, I know what I am saying, and I mean it, because apparently he's the, he's the first guy that's been caught betting on football since, like, we looked this up when we were doing the program on Friday, like the 80s. So, But you know he ain't the only one. He's the one who got he's caught. He's the one who got caught. The same Josh Shaw that couldn't guard Gronk last year in, money, in crunch time. Is, yeah. is the same Josh Shaw? Yes. It sure is. Very good. Very good. Well, at least we got rid of him. And, you know, Josh, I love it when multimillionaire head coaches in the NFL are so stupid. It makes a simpleton like me that I'm a bail bondsman, part-time high school track coach. (laughs) But I was very pathetic last night or yesterday. Uh, Brad, do you remember what I told you was going to happen today? You know, that was about 29 hours ago. I understand. So, yeah. I understand. I said Gruden will not be able to hold his water. Yes. And yes. run dive right and dive left. Fourth and one. You know what the score at the time of the game was when it was fourth and one in the very, to me, the pivotal game, uh, play of the game? That was about 2.9 hours ago, so. 7 nothing. It's an important moment. It's an important yeah. moment. Both of them did the right and thing going forward on fourth and one. They both, both coaches made silly calls. I guess. 
I agree. Well, that running play that we try to run, the, it's kind of like a draw play if the quarterback is under center. Take that play and throw it in the garbage. As well as the jet sweep, let's give the jet sweep to the guy that just fumbled about 15 minutes ago. Did <laughs> you know his confidence is at an all-time high? Yeah, soaring. And, you know, if you watch the way the 40-second clock was winding down, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs was in the huddle. And the genius that John, John Gruden is that makes $10 million a year pulled him out and did the jet sweep. So, you know, it's just so funny that these uh, these head coaches are just so damn smart. They just outsmart themselves at times. It's just, it just amazes me that you had a guy that was gashing us. I think at one time, the first seven carries he had, I think he had 56 yards. By my math, that's eight yards a carry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, let's not have him do it. Let's have the other guy, uh, some guy that uh, – let's have a wide out that, that was uh, traded from the Green Bay Packers three months ago. Let's let him run it. So it just – it just amazes me. And, uh, you know, with Mahomes, it just doesn't look like, I don't know, like you, like you said, Josh, I can't put my my thumb on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just is not there yet. And uh, we were all praising the Eric Fisher. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's not doing any better than Cam Irvin, guys. He gets blown up on every running play when we run left. Cloyle Farrell was blowing him back three yards in the line of scrimmage. Every time we try to run left, whether it was McCoy, any of those guys, they were going back three or four yards because he was getting blown up. So him and Wiley, I'm sorry, I know everybody likes Cam Ir- doesn't like Cam Irving and thinks he's horrible, but Wiley and uh, and Eric Fisher, albeit Eric Fisher was Pro Bowler last year, I get that. Mm. They're not any great shakes. So I, like I said, I don't know, but I, I agree with Darwin Thompson. You know, was it it was garbage time, right? Are we sure. are we supposed to take that part of you know with with a small grain of salt? But I think so. Yeah, he has leverage when he runs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's lower to the ground, and you know he hits the hole and he bounces. You know, he bounces or goes a yard or two or three yards past the line of scrimmage. And Darrell Williams, the way he kind of runs upright, you know, if he gets hit, he doesn't fall forward. He falls straight down, and it just doesn't work, guys. Yeah. You know, I just I just think Darwin Thompson would like to get him a little more into the into the game. He doesn't need to be our feature back. Can he touch the ball six times a game? Is that too much to ask? No, I, I think I think we'll see about that from, from here on out would be my best guess. Yep. And lastly, maybe not this year, but next year, Reggie Ragland to me has improved in this defensive scheme. Yes. Albeit he's an outside linebacker. He's not really an outside linebacker. He's a true middle mm-hmm. 4-3 inside middle linebacker. Anthony Hitchens Almost today, but still, he did not make a play at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I think I've counted it up. He's made five plays at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage in his 26 games he's played as a Chief. That's a, that's I think Derek Johnson number. would do that in about a game and a half. Yeah. Would you agree, Brad? Yes, 100%. And I, like I said, I just don't, you can't do it this year, but I just, Reggie Ragland has some ferocity when he makes mm-hmm. a play. Mm hmm. Anthony Hitchens is too small to be an inside back, middle linebacker in this game. He just gets blown up, and guards get on him, and he's five, six yards. And like I said, I guess we're gonna we can't do it. But Reggie Ragland to me has shown more improvement from last year to this year than Anthony Hitchens. Both had a lot yeah. to improve on. Neither one was anything great last year. But I, you know, I appreciate Reggie Ragland and what he does and what he's improved on. And Anthony Hitchens is still the same guy that we've had for the last two years. Well, and just. You know what? To be fair, Tommy Moe, I think Ragland is the healthiest he's been since he's been a Chief, and maybe going back to his last season with Buffalo might just be a matter of him being healthy because he was not healthy last year at all. 
This scheme is also a much better fit for yes, him, though. Yes, it is. I mean, and Spagnuolo yep. is a much better coordinator for linebackers in general. Thanks, Tommy Mo, for the call. It's always good to hear from you. No problem, guys. The one thing to that extent that I, I kind of expected coming into this year, and I don't know if it's because Hitchens, they feel more confident you know, leaving him on the field and passing downs and everything, but I kind of thought that there was a chance that it was going to be uh, uh, Wilson at the Sam, Hitchens at the Will, and then Ragland in the middle. But they've predominantly left Hitchens as mm-hmm. the the Mike linebacker in this defense, which I do think has been um, not necessarily confusing, but maybe slightly surprising just because of, of how those guys have, have played together so far. But I, I think Tommy Moe is right that, that Ragland's really been on a, a, a nice path here uh, under Spagnolo specifically. It's the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. You can play the new $5 Kansas City Chiefs Scratchers game and play it for with the new Missouri Lottery. Play responsibly. Not the new Missouri Lottery. It's the same Missouri Lottery. I don't know why I said the word new. Not in the copy. You can play it for with the Missouri Lottery. Play responsibly. Uh, we also can uh, take a couple more calls. Let's do that now. Let's go to Orlando guy. His Christian name, I'm sure. What's up? Hey, guys. Happy holidays. It's good to call in. Um, I'm Kansas City David. Been living in Orlando now for about 10 years. Uh, just wanted to say, I, you know, like you guys, I watched the game. I have a few. I'm getting in late on the show, so you may have already talked about some things. So We repeat ourselves by accident all the time, so you're forgiven in advance. Okay. <laughs> Okay, first quarter, Kelsey couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> Offensive line didn't look that great mm-hmm. still, even though they're healthy. Um, I heard you talking about the Patriots a little bit. I know they give up 10.6 points a game, but they play like nine preseason games a year because they're the worst <laughs> division in football. That's <laughs> good, true. Good point. You're right. Um, I think if our offensive line can protect Mahomes a little bit better next week, I don't think we have a problem beating the Patriots. Um, I just wanted to, I'll get off the line and listen to your input on that. But I really think that we need to hopefully draft some linebackers <laughs> next year. And it's always great to hear from you, Kansas City guys, and I'll listen to your comments offline. Thank you so much, and again, happy holidays. Thank you. You too, and thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there will be uh, another look taken at the linebacker group this year. They're, Anthony Hitchens is going to be around for a minute, though. Like They restructure his contract. He's he's going to be here. But I, I think he's totally right in terms of like where the offense looks a little bit wonky. I think it's easier to put your finger on it today than it has been recently. Kelsey had a couple great plays later in the game, but he had a couple of real misses earlier on. And uh, and the offensive line's been a bit suspect. I, I think those are all valid concerns. And, you know, and Cam Irving was not great at left tackle, but at left guard, I would definitely think about that. Yeah. Because I didn't think you were getting it. And I thought our callers made good points. There was a lot of penetration coming from that side. Yeah. So I would, right. I would, I would think about it. I wouldn't say I'm not saying I told you get Cameron a left guard. We're going to the Super Bowl. Right. I'm just saying let's let's take a look at it. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Mark waiting on hold. What's up, Mark? Hey guys, um, great win tonight. I think that uh, I can't take anything for granted in, the, in this league. Um, uh, even though I think everybody probably expected the Chiefs to win, mm-hmm. um, I I. I think a lot of tonight's victory had to do with the fact uh, that the Raiders got crushed last week by the Jets, and Derek Carr really was terrible. But the Chiefs, Chiefs still took advantage of the opportunities. I uh, they didn't really say much on the TV broadcast, but uh, I don't know about you guys. My heart stopped at at that uh, first Patrick Mahomes' 
fact, and he, he looked like he kind of got up wincing. I don't. Did you mm-hmm. guys? Did you guys see anything? Did they say anything after the game? Did, uh, did he re-aggravate his ankle or anything? There was no mention of it in the post-game pressers, and no one even asked Mahomes about it. You're right. I, I saw it too. Where you have a moment of kind of like he seems wobbly, and Patrick Mahomes seeming wobbly is like watching a child wander into traffic at this point for me. Um, but there was no mention of it, so I think I think everything should be good there. We're, we're in the clear. I think so. Okay. The uh, the the one thing that I again my. <laughs> I send up prayers every every night uh, after the Chiefs game, thinking no Patrick Mahomes injury. But I I, I don't know what to. Um, I, I hope that the Chiefs' success in running the football there at the end of the game doesn't give Andy Reid the idea now that well he can use that in a mm-hmm. game where there's it's a bet in the balance. Yes, uh, because. Um, I think the, I mean it was what thirty-one to three at that point, yeah. and that's about the only if yeah if if I was coaching, which I'm not, but if if it was me coaching, that's about the only scenario that I would say you know pat run pretty much every down which yeah. would, you know, to seal a victory for the Chiefs. Yep. At that point, you're just running out the clock. The Raiders have given up, and and um, so that's fine. I mean, if you look at well, the the four down series where we where we didn't convert mm-hmm. I, to me, if you I I don't see runnings on both third and fourth down. Yeah, um, I think that he later on in the game when it was third and one or I can't remember if it was third and one he threw mm-hmm. that quick pass to to Sherman. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of plays that I and you can't do it every time, but those are the kind of plays that I I would like to see him run more on third and fourth and short. Or at least maybe a quick slant. I, I'm just—I have no comfortability that our offensive line can get a push for uh, for one or two yards when the game is in the balance. So he did a little bit of it, but again, on that first opportunity that he had, he still reverted to the old—I uh, guess—you know, 40 years ago strategy, which is you know, doesn't matter who's your quarterback, you run the ball in third and fourth and short. So yeah, yeah but anyway. I, your guys' take on that, maybe you guys have already covered it, but I, I'm praying that he puts the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands when you know next week if the same scenario comes up. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark, and I appreciate the call. Thank you for calling in. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we talked about this with uh, I talked about this with Tim Grunhardt on the the pregame, the, the first pregame show uh, this morning. The Chiefs aren't built to to run the ball down your throat, even in a situation like that. I mean, I thought it was silly what, what the uh, the Raiders did on their fourth and one. Just like I thought it was silly what the Chiefs did on their fourth and one. One of those two teams would have switched plays. I bet they both would have converted. You want to have McCole Hardman, you know, run a little jet sweep. He's probably going to get a yard. I will say on the Anthony Sherman play because I know someone in their car is saying, "Oh, you hypocrite." Uh, that I had flashes of the Blake Bell play on that, where it's like, mm-hmm. uh-oh, the play is moving in this direction, and your option is Anthony Sherman. Like, your option was Blake Bell. I'm not in love with that play, but the fact that it worked and it wasn't in a high-leverage situation means that I'm not going to harp on it forever. Um, it's it's not my favorite. That I, I would like for Patrick Mahomes to have options in all of these circumstances. Mm-hmm. But you also need to believe that he's going to have protection in those circumstances, and I do think that's something that needs to continue to be evaluated. And I also trust Anthony Sherman. Yeah. He's done it enough. It's yeah. maybe once a game, maybe once every three games. I don't trust Blake Bell yet. Not yet. Sure. And I don't I mean I don't trust either of them to like get oh, separation gosh, no. or no. anything like gosh, that. No. But if he's open and the ball hits him in the hands, he'll catch it. By the way, I was just you were looking up at the T V screen at the page you want me to, I just looked up to yeah. see what 
So the Patriots, they, there was either a miscommunication on a pass play or a drop of some kind, and Brady came off, he threw his helmet, um, sat down on the bench, and proceeded to turn to Julian Edelman and somebody who was sitting next to him and unload about 57 F-bombs. <laughs> and it was not... It was not the good kind of F-bomb, which you can get on a sideline, like, sure. let's blank and go. Right. It was, you blankety blanks are blanking up the whole blanking game. I thought you were so confident and, and not the, cursing through any of that. I'm- by the way, the graphic they just put up, we want to talk about the Patriots only give up 10.6 points per game. They also mm-hmm. don't score a lot. They, That's also about true. Six, they are, I, I, actually, I do believe this. I just didn't know it. They have now punted because they just punted there. They've punted 62 times this season. That is third most in the National Football League. That's wild. Third most. And they're getting the ball back a lot, and then they're giving it yes, back a yes. lot. Yeah, that is that is incredible. We don't give up a lot, but we also don't score a lot. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Matt has been on hold for a while. What's up, Matt? How are you? Hey, uh, hey great show, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, I, I just, I'm an old school. I was uh, delivering newspapers, the St. Joseph News Press back in the day, and won tickets to Arrowhead Stadium. And got to watch Delaney play, hmm. and I got kind of hooked on the Chief on uh, on that day. And I've been watching. I've been through some ups and downs. I've got uh, you know Larry Johnson jerseys. I've got Trent Green, Priest Holmes. Uh, I've kind of been there through all of it, and I'm still not. I'm still not sold. I, I and I just expect that something's going to happen. The Titanic's going to show up. Yeah. Tonight I'm tonight I'm sitting there with the Yule log from YouTube on the TV. Got mm-hmm. the grandkids set up the uh, Christmas tree, and I, I'm in a good mood. Which six years in a row now, Arrowhead Stadium, we beat the Raiders. If you go back to what I've watched and, and what I've seen, I, I'm real good with where we're sitting. We've dominated the division. It'd be another four years and now. We've never done that before. I've mm-hmm. I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like my Super Bowl to me. I, I Anything after this I think is going to be a bonus. We could hmm. – I miss DJ. When you talk about linebackers, I miss DJ. Talk about the wrong time of having him. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you talk about the wrong time of having a, uh, any of the players that have come along. Tom Bahali, I've, I've got his jersey. At, and I'm not trying to – I've always been a fan. I'm always going to be a fan. I just expect that something's going to sink the ship, and I don't even know what it is. I'd say that Patrick Mahomes right now, his passes seem to be a little bit off. He's not quite there. Is that what it's going to be? Is our our defense is stepping up? Got to compliment them. They're they changed it around. They're they're not the same defense they were last year. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting there. Mm-hmm. Are they there? No. But it, what's it going to be? I I don't know. You know. I, I, Romeo Cornell was our Todd Haley. You go back and, and I've watched this stuff, and you just go, well, you get excited at the beginning of the year, and I always am, and I'm never going to stop. But what's next? You know, the yeah. we got New England next week, uh, and you guys have been talking about the whole show. Well, he's, you know, it's Tom Brady. You, you can't go against him, you know. If we yeah. go in there, we've got two records in the NFL that, uh, like the both teams score over fifty points and we still lost. Right. Uh, we we've got a couple of records in the NFL that nobody else has because how does that happen to Kansas City? And 
And I just go, how does that happen? I I sit there and watch it, and I'm still a fan. I'm not going anywhere. But I, that's just the part that I've been watching this. I'm grateful for the win. That was a nice win in my book to watch the Raiders fall that badly. Yeah. It's just a great day in my book. That's and, and to watch the Chargers before, oh, that nice. You know, they <laughs> go back and you, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you go back and you watch the you watch the donkeys fall. You go, oh yeah, that nice. And you just and then I got something to walk into work and I got something to say. It's like you know what, you donkey fan, and I and I mean that you know it's just the talk back and forth that sure. you get to do. And so many times I've been beat up. And I expected I I don't know what to say right now. I yeah. am kind of lost. Well, I mean, I mean, I, can, I, can... I, Matt, I appreciate the call, and I think that you, I think that you have got several people around Kansas City kind of nodding their heads along with you because I think that's a, a widely shared sentiment of when is the other boot going to fall on my head? I'm a Chiefs fan. When does the curse come back? And, and the thing here is. You know, for all of the ways that the AFC Championship game last year was really frustrating, D. Ford, a coin flip, the defense not being able to get a stop, all of that, right? Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. None of those were snake-bitten things. None of those were curses. Chiefs were slightly worse than the Patriots whenever you took the full scope of those games. I think the Chiefs are at that point. Could they lose to the Ravens at some point in the playoffs? Could could the Ravens have a dominant day on the ground and and then you know pick off Mahomes a couple of times because you get a couple throws like he did tonight where the ball just wobbles out of his hand a little bit and that's just enough that's the margin that separates teams yeah absolutely because the margin that separated the Chiefs and the Patriots last year with a way way worse defense you know Matt said he doesn't think the defense is there yet I actually do if there means good enough to carry last year's offense into into the Super Bowl. The Chiefs' defense is more than there. They're past the point they needed to clear last season. The problem is the offense isn't quite where it was last year. So I really do think that with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are at a point where they are they are one of the teams. They're no more cursed than the Texans are. They're no more cursed than the Ravens could be if they lost in the playoffs this year after having all the hype of this season. I think you've got a, a, a handful of teams there that are good with flaws, and that's the Ravens, and that's the Patriots, and that's the Chiefs, and that's the Texans, uh, and everyone else in the AFC, I think, is, is a whole level separated from that. But I think that's just the NFL at this point. However, I don't begrudge you if you feel like you root for a cursed, snake-bitten franchise because you have for most of your life. That being said, though, the Chargers are absolutely cursed. That's absolutely true. And they're awful. They're both of those things. It's crazy how those used to, how those tend to go hand in hand. Yes. By the way, did our caller say he liked going in, in the office on Monday morning and saying, "Take that, you donkey pants"? Is that I what think he it was said? Donkey fans. Donkey fans. Okay, but you I and I have said... had a hard time listening today. We've had okay. a hard time getting. Well, it's, I got Lebo's right headphones and they cut in and out on a regular basis. Yeah, I I have... actually I think donkey donkey pants is better. I don't have an argument against that. Really, it makes no sense, but and it's mildly amusing. Yeah, that's. Welcome to the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. It makes no sense, and it's mildly amusing. And no, I have not been dipping into the Tullamore Dew. Still sealed. Still sealed. Thank you. Thank you, Tullamore. 
Um, let's. Uh, I want to hear from Tyron Matthew really quick. Uh, we we've got a handful of things here. Um, we need to. You know what? Yeah. Let, let's hear from Tyron Matthew. Um, and and we'll begin the wrap ups here, so we can get you to uh, to a good chunk of the uh, the game between the Texans and Patriots going on right now. It's seven to three. You can t- tune in to ESPN Kansas City if you want to hear that uh, before we flip over to it here on eight ten. But but Tyron Matthew uh, is not only he has the pick tonight. Uh, but, but he's also back there largely quarterbacking for this defense. You saw him communicating with Juan Thornhill a ton. You heard Thornhill talk about how they've communicated and how he's benefited him so far in his young career. So let's hear what Tyron Matthew had to say following today's victory. Tyron, what's kind of allowed you guys to maybe come together defensively the last few games? Man, you know, just committing ourselves to the process. Um, you know, um, you know. Uh, I think from this point going forward, um, I think it's important to play defense. Um, you know, I think every team that, that makes the playoffs is it's going to be about what their defense could do. So, um, you know, I think this week, you know, we refocused. Thought our coaches did a good job of you know challenging us. Um, you know, I thought the bye week helped us. Kind of knew what we needed to work on. You know, um, so. And like I said, I'm just proud of our guys. Uh, we haven't really played well at home. And to have that kind of performance uh, against a division team, um, pretty good. Is uh, this becoming a defensive team? Well, I don't know. You know, uh, we got a big one next week. So, uh, you know, we got to stick to the process, um, show up for work Tuesday. Um, and then, we're, we, we, you know, we're constantly chasing improvement. So, um, you know, uh, we want to be our very best when it, when it matters the most. And um, so really proud of our guys. They stepped up, made some big plays today. Yeah, I mean, what, do you, what do you see or feel? It may not even be on Sunday during the games. But what do you see or feel that makes you know that this is real, these last two games? I think it's practice, you know, um, you know, guys showing up, um, you know, we, we've been staying committed to to the process, you know, um, I think Spags do a great job of, you know, detailing, you know, what it is we need to work on. Um, uh, I think for our secondary player, I, thought, I think Coach Merritt do a great job of really getting us to see the big picture, you know, how teams are really trying to beat us and attack us, and I, I think a combination of all those things is really allowing us to, to play faster. Um, the system isn't new anymore. Um, you know, we're in December, so uh, uh, I, I think everybody got a good feel for you know what they need to do, um, what they can do, and what they can't do. Um, so uh, we got a long way to go, um, but uh, I like I like what we putting on tape. Um, you know, fin- trying to finish football games. You know, playing aggressive man coverage, um, and then letting our big guys get after it. How much did having Kendall back this week help you guys too? Well, I think any time you get a guy like him, you know, who's a veteran, um, a, a, a true team player, um, who can come in, uh, kind of like myself, play multiple positions um, and, it, and it allows us to kind of have some integrity with, within our defense um, a lot of people don't know what's going on um, a lot of people don't know where I'm lining up at and so I think the more and more guys you could kind of put on the field um, to, to kind of help disguise a, a whole integrity of the defense um, I, I think it'll help us out collectively a lot going forward Tyron how did you see Juan Thornhill to get that interception how proud are you uh, big time um, pissed off he missed the sack you know um, you know DBs we don't we don't have too many games where we could kind of, you know, get the sack, touchdown, and the interception. So, uh, but he's playing great ball, uh, making some big-time plays for us, making some tough tackles. Um, uh, he's coming out of his shell. You know, uh, 
you know, especially in practice, communicating. Uh, you know, some days I don't say nothing. I just let him run the show. And, uh, you know, he's handling that well. Was there something you noticed on film about Derek Carr that allowed you guys to get a good read on him today? Well, you know, I, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, uh, we knew when he did take shots down the field, um, we, we could kind of, we was able to kind of understand pre-snap, um, you know, the formation. Um, it would have put us in position to make a play. Um, but I think Derek, um, you know, he's going to try his best to take out of football. So, you know, tight ends, running backs, check downs, that's kind of his game. So, uh, you know, I was glad that we were able to capitalize on him when he did try to throw the ball downfield. That interception that you had, you weren't really smart on either, were you? Didn't you sort of, did you sort of break things off, sort of read him and make a play yourself? Yeah, I just watch a lot of tape, man. And, um, yeah, once I see something, I just see it. Sometimes I make it, sometimes I don't. But it looked like he expected you, you know, to continue yeah. up the field covering it. Yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, without a doubt. So, uh, that's why you got to see where I'm at at all times. Well, you you face, <laughs> you face different versions of the Patriots in other places. What mm-hmm. do you think about going there against those guys with this? How do you like your chances? Well, I like our chances. Um, I, I, I think this week of I think this week of practice uh, really be about you know discipline, uh, assignment discipline, technique discipline, um, because that's what the Patriots are going to do. Um, you know, they're going to run the ball, they're going to throw screens, they're going to wait for you to get out of gap, they're going to wait for a, a deep safety to not be deep. You know, so uh, uh, I, I starts with me. You know, this week in practice. Uh, getting our guys ready, setting the tempo early in the week, uh, letting them know that we got a big game this week. That's Tyron Matthew, and uh, they do have a big game this week. Seeing what they do against the Patriots will be fascinating, as they are currently down now 11 uh, to the Houston Texans in Houston, a Texans team that got curb stomped by the Ravens. Uh, the NFL is weird. That's yeah. all I got. We'll we'll get some more info on the Patriots and Texans tonight. We'll get a lot more on the Chiefs and Patriots whenever they face off in Foxborough next week. A little more of the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show right after this here on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. This will be a 44-yard attempt by Daniel Carlson. He's 11 of 15 this year with a long of 48. But with the tricky wins here at Arrowhead today, nothing's a given. The snap, the hold, the hold's a little wide. And the kick now is up, and it is, they're going to say, no good. No good. It is wide to the left side. The snap got messed up, and Daniel Carlson did not get a clean kick on this. Everything about that was ugly, so that is our ugly play of the game, brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. Hold on, what's that? I'm getting a report from the field. Uh, actually, we go to field reporter Beards McFly. Uh, WeBuyUglyHouses.com actually emailed me and they said just they, now. You got yeah, they wanted they wanted actually two uh, ugly plays of the game. So, so you're telling me there's a double feature for the ugly actually, plays of the game? Is, yeah, this is the other one. Carlson in this block, a PAT block, picked up by the Chiefs, and Travarius Ward's going to go the other way. The Chiefs are going to get to 40 points on a block PAT. Blocked PAT for two points for the Kansas City Chiefs. Both of those are our ugly plays of the game brought to you by We Buy Ugly Houses. If you're in an ugly house and it's an ugly situation, don't just make faces like John Gruden on the sideline. Call the ugly house guys today. It's 1-800-44-BUYER, B-U-Y-E-R, or go to webuyuglyhouses.com. Fix that ugly situation and turn it into cash. By the way, that missed field goal, I wrote on my notes, uh, ugly sidewinder. 
Yeah. But a sidewinder is actually a precision missile used by the military. So oh, maybe it's the should, opposite of is that. It's the opposite, guess, really. Very, very okay. much the opposite of that. By the way, so we always do this at, after games when if somebody misses something, well, if you would have made that, uh, you know, the game would have been closer. Like uh, in baseball, the runner gets thrown in at second, the next guy gets a home run. Well, you know, if people wouldn't have got caught stealing, it would be a two run shot and the Royals would be ahead. And the game doesn't unfold after a miss or a make the way you, the exact same sequence. Sure. But just for giggles and grins, and I'm, again, censoring myself giggles there. Giggles and grins. Brad yeah. is a, a, a god-tier self-censor. Been doing this for a minute. So, just for grins, the missed field goal. So, after the Raiders' last touchdown, gets blocked, returned by the Chiefs for two points, that made the point total 49 points. The over-under for the game was 50 points. So just for giggles, if the field goal goes in, it gets it to 52 points. And so. the, the fact that the two points at the end, like some people definitely made had it. half a point down, maybe <laughs> a little parlay or some, a little teaser of some sort. Not yep. probably a teaser to help there. Uh, yeah, Vegas, I know this is an insane cliche. I know everyone says this always. But the casinos didn't build themselves. Nope. Pretty good. At, Vegas is pretty good at it. Yep. They got they got systems. It tends to work out. If you're, if you're a casino that loses money, you got a problem. That's a, yes, a hundred percent true. Uh, let's go to the phones. One more call. We will go to Walker. Walker, wrap us up for the day. Hey guys, what's going on? Having a pretty good one on our end. How are you? Good man. First time calling to the show. Uh, appreciate what you guys do. Uh, Thank you. Lifelong cheese fan. Um, hey, I just wanted to respond to uh, that, that caller that called before you guys went to break. Uh, I understand, man. I mean, I'm not as old as he's been, but I've been with this team since I was five years old. And, I, you know, I've been through the days of Brody Croyle and, and uh, oh, you know, all the, all the quarterbacks, all the, all the hurt and all the pain. Yeah. I understand. But I tend to look at this with, with more of a glass-half-full type mentality. And we have hope, man. We got Mahomes. We have Still the reigning MVP. People can talk about Lamar Jackson all they want, but we still have the MVP. And this is a more complete team than last year. I mean, this is, they're playing more pure team football, more complementary football. And so I think, man, I think if we can string together this this kind of defense, Mahomes doesn't have to be Superman all the time, but he's still going to be Superman. He's still going to have those plays that make our jaw drop. And if we combine those kinds of things, man, I really think we can make a run at it. Um, and so I understand the, the kind of mentality of waiting for something terrible to happen, but I, I just look at it and I say, man, I, I just see this team as, as serious Super Bowl contenders. Um, I, do, I do think the Ravens stand, a, stand in our way, but I think that we'll be able to, to go up against them. I mean, we are 2-0 and against them in the past two years, and uh, I think we'll have a good game plan for them. So that's one thing uh, I thought maybe you guys could talk about like how much stock do you guys have in this team for the playoffs? Yeah. And two, who is worse, Derek Carr or Phyllis Rivers? Because I'm having a hard time figuring out the difference between the two. Uh, so <laughs> maybe you guys could talk about that a little bit. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, love the show. Have a good one. Thanks, Walker. Appreciate the call. Um, I would rather have in the year 2019, I'd rather have Derek Carr playing quarterback for me. I think that you can, I think that, that a good coach can use him as a marionette at, to, do, to have some measure of success. I think Philip Rivers is uh, he's he's Pinocchio after becoming a real boy. You cannot control him at this point, and all Pinocchio wants to do is do big piles of blow and throw interceptions. Wow, big nose, Pinocchio. Woo, a lot of room in there. So I'd rather have Derek Carr. 
we have some things we need to talk about, John? No, but okay. I did I did just tweet. Okay. I'm not Pinocchio. Okay. I did just tweet, if you're wondering how many hours, at JB Briscoe, said, uh, if you're wondering how many hours I can drink nothing but coffee on a football Sunday before my hands begin visibly shaking, the answer is 12, and I should probably find some water. There you go. See, I had- So I'm there right now. I had two cups when I got here- 11 o'clock, whatever it was, and then I shut it down for the day because that, that's enough. That's good. I can feel the blood pumping in my in my calves. <laughs> I mean, you've got a, bo- a giant bottle of Irish whiskey back there. <laughs> that'll, that, that'll take the edge off. That's true. I'm trying to get home that'll first. That'll Trying to get home first, Beards. I got a very comfy couch. Got, there's couches downstairs. I'd like to I'd like to get home. I have, I have frozen pizza at home. I'd like to make one of those. That's fair. Okay. Maybe, maybe this is a distinction that's not really worth making, but in terms of car versus rivers— I feel like Carr just makes dumb mistakes. Mm-hmm. I feel like Philip Rivers takes risks he doesn't need to. That's true. Which are actually mistakes, but I think there's, I think there's a slight difference. There. But he should know better. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And doesn't and doesn't care. Whereas Derek Carr, I think, is just well, whatever. Yeah. They call the seven round. I'm throwing it on the turn and the dig, and also doesn't. I don't. I don't think the Raiders have that great of receivers either. Whereas the Chargers actually have some guys like Keenan Allen. And I, I think that they made Philip Rivers on Monday night two weeks ago uh, look like his worst self. Mm-hmm. I also think they made Carr look like his worst self today. Yeah. Like, I mean, the True. Jets also, I guess, these these last two weeks have been really bad for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of getting to the point where everyone was like, I, I talked to Roxy Bernstein on Friday. Um, he's He covers everything in the Bay Area. Yep. But but he said that he said that he's confident that, Der- uh, that, that Derek Carr is going to be the quarterback whenever they head to Vegas. Like, he, he made it sound like there's not even really a great chance that they'll take a quarterback super early or anything like that. I was a little surprised by that, but I, I think that if, if Gruden has any confidence there, I, I think that you I think there is a little bit of room to actually acknowledge that the Chiefs did a good thing today. Well, Derek Carr doesn't the, they don't have the heir apparent yet. They haven't gone right. they haven't walked that road yet. Right. And they should but, have already. They should soon. They should now. But uh But will Derek Carr be the quarterback long term after the Raiders move to Vegas? David Caruso, I wouldn't bet on it. Wow! Don't get fooled again. I think that was pretty good teamwork, honestly. <laughs> I, I kind of think we nailed that. I was, just need the way cool sunglasses. That was the closest I could get to making that sound. Honestly, I'm surprised I could hit that note. Do the producers, the the producers of CSI Miami, have like five thousand pairs of those sunglasses? Because you know he I had to, to break them. So. He had to drop them a couple of times. For sure, scratch them. I like to think whenever he has a really cool line, he puts them on, and then he yeah. spikes them on the ground, and yeah. it's like, oh, no, David. David, those are our only ones, David. That's not, David, that's not what you're supposed to do here, David. Everybody's got acting techniques, yeah. but the one where he's always standing sideways when he's looking at somebody and talking has always seemed like, like what acting school, what acting coach told you to do that? Because literally nobody else does that. That's a great question. I think but that's, it worked for him. I think I think it's it. I think it's basically him being the Philip Rivers of acting, where he says, "Bleep you, you I'm Philip Rivers." The guys um, made millions of dollars. Yeah, I I think at some point you just stop listening to your coaching. I think is what, what's just happening. Go with your instinct. I'm going to stand sideways, and slide off my sunglasses. I can't make the noise again. I, I know I I know I can't. <laughs> uh, I, I want to hear from Darwin Thompson. He spoke after the game today. We're going to get you to the second half of uh, of Patriots and Texans. There's about a minute left. Uh, the Texans are punting back to the Patriots. No way New England makes them pay for that. Uh, but we'll, I'll let you know if, if there's a score here. We will get you the second half of Texans and Patriots here on Sports Radio 810. Uh, but let's hear from Darwin Thompson. He had a really nice—I uh, mean, it was garbage time. That's true. 
But for him to get some reps against an NFL defense in a regular season game, and also to get to get some reps behind the Chiefs' offensive line, I do think is genuinely valuable. So let's hear what he had to say about his performance tonight. It's the first of many. I mean, I had the vets behind me cheering me on of the team, and I just knew I had to seal the deal, uh, take over the game. I mean, close the game, just close it off. You obviously knew Damian was out today. How did you approach this game thinking that maybe your role might be bigger going into the day? I approach this game the same way every game. I mean, like, I'm going to be the starter going in the game. It's, it don't change for me. Darren, Eric Bienemy said this past week that you'd be getting some opportunity today. What was the preparation process like in, in knowing that you would be getting some extended minutes? The same. It don't change. I, play, I practice like I'm first string every practice. I play like I'm first string. I mean, it don't change for me. Can you walk us through that touchdown? It was kind of what you saw and how you got into the end zone. Man, I was tired as hell, but I was like, I got to get in the end zone now. I got to close it up right now. Darren, your, your high school football coach passed away after a battle with ALS. How much more does that make this touchdown so, mm. much, meaning, so much more meaningful for you? R.I.P. Coach Trimble, uh, he taught me how to win. That's one thing he did teach me how to uh, make it happen. What yeah. would he tell you after that Man. touchdown? Good job. He slapped me on the back, give me a hug. He just say, good job. I mean, we win. That's all he taught me is how to win, how to work hard, and how to push myself to be great. Obviously, you knew he had ALS, but when did you find out that he had passed away? Uh, this morning. How did really. you find out? Uh, text from my little brother. My little brother played running back there as well. I mean, the, the number three at the running back position is started with me, and he carried it on. And then a, a younger guy by the guy by the name of uh, Noah Hernandez carried it on. And so just them guys texting me, my coach, my O-line coach, he was my running back coach at the time in high school. He texted us all, just a couple of guys that was from my senior class, and just told us he loved us and was grateful for those relationships. What, was, what, was, what kind of influence did he have on your career? And he taught me how to win. That's really where my foundation started. Just how to win, how to grind, how to work hard. I mean, ultimately it helped build to where I am today. Um, if you just check out my story, I didn't start in high school, and, and it really taught me a lot. Taught me how to work and point the finger at myself and not everybody else. And I'm very thankful, Coach Trimble. What was that feeling like when you finally reached the end zone? What was the emotion that goes on there? Man, from preseason and then it was different. I was tired. I'm like, man, just getting the end zone, man. But it was, it was good. It felt good. Um, I felt a lot more comfortable out there. It was just go play your game. Who's the first player to congratulate you after you ran My eyes was closed looking at the ground like, man, I'm tired. But it was all the old linemen, Austin, um, and then Pat carried me off the field. And my stomach was hurt while I was on his pads. I'm like, Pat, put me down. I can't breathe. <laughs> but, yeah, they all show love. Do you just have the Somebody got it. Sherman, yeah. Sherman grabbed it and made sure Yeah, Sherm told me he grabbed it and made sure I get it. So. It yeah. looked like you might have gotten a little shove from one of your linemen there to get in. Man, I don't have no clue. I just knew I had to get in there. They probably did, though. <laughs> probably. Even with such limited snaps, you still let the team in rushing. Just what have you sort of figured out between week one and now that has led you to have some comfort with the offensive line, knowing kind of where the holes are, the cutback lanes? Be me. It'd be me. I mean, ultimately, after a little while, I was getting tired, and I was just running off uh, reaction. It was just be me. You know the reads. You know how to run the ball. You've been doing it all your life. Just be you. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to be a superhero. Just play a game. It's Darwin Thompson after a nice game 
tonight there for the the Chiefs in garbage time to help put that game away. The Chiefs haven't been able to do that while running the ball this year late in games. Um, I don't need them to do it by running the ball, but I need them to do it. And if if Darwin Thompson can be helpful in that regard, he'll be a welcome addition. Uh, We also heard from Chris Jones, the last guy we hear from today. Let's hear what he had to say after uh, a pretty visible game, I would say, against, uh, against the Raiders team that always struggles against him in this Chiefs defense in Arrowhead. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we played pretty well. Um, we got to do better in the run game. I think we gave up 111 yards, so we definitely got to get better at that. But overall, I feel like we played okay. I feel like there's still room for improvement. You have a chart taking steps in that direction. Yeah, that's what it's all about, progression. Um, each week, that's what we um, what we uh, plan around, getting better each week, each game. And um, I feel like we got better than we was um, two weeks ago. What's it feel like Feels like every other win, man, and you know every win in this league is important, um, especially against a division rivalry. Um, come out and executed well. Um, defense played their butts off. Um, my guy Warren got his first interception for a touchdown. You know you like to see things like that, but most importantly, it's about the win. What about next week? Does the ring affect us as a team? You really like that? You know, establish a little bit something on just in case you're going to have to meet him again later. Yeah, um, you know, we know um, Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick always have an excellent game plan. And, you know, uh, we know what we're against, and you got a preparation. You know, preparation is the key to those guys. you got to prepare better than them. You mentioned Juan getting the, the pick six. How do you feel like the secondary as a whole is coming along, coming together these past couple of games? Um, they played exceptional. Um, you know, they they um, two picks for today, right? Um, T5 got a pick. And, uh, that started us off. Um, I think it was second down. Um, T5 got the pick. And, and those things right there can kind of add the spark to the defense. You know, um, they gave us enough time to affect Derek Carr. Um, forced them to throw. We got able to get after Derek Carr. And, um, that's what we expect them to do. You bring a veteran guy like T5 in and, um, to coach the younger guys around him. And, you know, that's, that's nothing but expected by T5. All year you talked about the, uh, getting more acquainted with the game plan of Spagnuolo and the system. You feel you're running around freer now. Everybody's kind of on one unit now, especially when you get the stretch run here. Yeah, I mean, it's week 13. If you're not, uh, you know, you're not acquainted with the game plan, I don't think you should be playing. It's as simple as that. It's week 13. You know, we only got, what, three weeks left in the season? Three or four? So, you know what I'm saying? If you don't have the game plan by now, I don't think you should be playing. But I'm quite sure everybody on this defense has the game plan. Um, I think we're, we're utilizing it to our best ability, and we're making plays. Chris, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. Is there anything in particular that you're seeing that maybe you guys can correct going into next week? Uh, I'm going to watch film first before, you know, I'm not never, ever will I call out one of my teammates. Um, we just got to get better as a whole. Uh, watch film, uh, make corrections to our errors, and um, get better. That's Chris Jones after the victory today. Last thing for us here on the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show is a look around what you may have missed over the course of this uh, NFL Sunday uh, Boulevard Brewing Company scoreboard update brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Make this the season of great beer with Boulevard Brewing Company. The Jets, after beating the Raiders last week, went to Cincinnati, who brought Andy Dalton back out. Dusted him off, threw him out there. Bengals with their first win of the year, 22-6. The Titans and Colts were, were tied up for a bit in there, and then the Titans pull away at the end, winning on the road in Indianapolis. I don't understand either of those teams, and I'm comfortable admitting it. Speaking of teams I don't understand, the Eagles went to Miami, and they lost. 
The Dolphins had that ridiculous fourth down play where a kicker threw it to, actually, excuse me, the punter threw it to the kicker. Uh, I can't even explain. It was all spread out. It was. It looked like that Colts play that everyone made fun of against the Patriots several years ago, except this one worked for a touchdown. Uh, the Eagles are in a brutal spot right now, but the Dolphins win that game 37-31. to in New York, the Packers get their ninth win of the season, 31-13, to with a three-pick day from Daniel Jones. The Steelers essentially in the Browns' playoff hopes with a win in Pittsburgh. This is another one of those results that I barely know what to make of, although I will tell you, if the Chiefs end up uh, not, make, not having a bye week, but they do get to rest up Week 17 and they get a guy named Duck to come uh, to Arrowhead for a playoff game, I will take that. I would be perfectly happy for Devlin Hodges and the Steelers to play the Chiefs in the first round, and they actually have a chance to. They're 7-5 and five right now and have a real chance to be the second wildcard team in the AFC. So they win today 20-13. to 13. Washington goes on the road and beats Carolina 29-21. So they win for Haskins, another loss for Kyle Allen and the Panthers. The Buccaneers win on the road at Jacksonville. Talk about more quarterback messes. Nick Foles gets pulled, and uh, Gardner Minshew makes a couple of nice things happen, but all together, uh, just a horrible game for the Jags, 28-11. to The Bucks win that one on the road. And then the biggest game you heard here the second half on Sports Radio 810, biggest game of the day, the Ravens beat the Niners 20-17. to We don't have enough time to keep breaking it all down, but I, I think we learned some things. We saw some interesting things from the Ravens that we will continue to explore as the uh, the Chiefs Look at the possibility of matching up with them in the playoffs. But really, right now, obviously, the biggest game is the one next week against the New England Patriots. Last two games from this week, uh, the Rams went to Arizona and destroyed the Cardinals, blew them out 34-7. to And the Broncos won on a last-second field goal after a last-second pass interference, 23-20. to Broncos beat the Chargers. By the way, so the, the Bengals got their first win of the season? They did. So do we do the reverse 72 Miami Dolphins? When the, when the last undefeated team loses, they pop champagne? Yeah. So do the 2017 Cleveland Browns pop the champagne when somebody gets their... The, the last winless team gets a victory? I think they open a 1.75 liter bottle of Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey. Oh, well played. And drown their sorrows. Or, you Ugh. know, celebrate, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know how that would go. Stuck it, just, it would be delicious, I'm sure. Stuck the landing on that one. It really did. All right, Brad, we're, we're done here. Uh, the Chiefs get this victory. What were your takeaways? Where do you want to go for your uh, last minute? The one point I did not hit uh, when you're not playing, you know, fantastic football but you get a diversity of ways to score. Uh, you got Darwin Thompson, his first one, and he was really pushing to get through to get that touchdown. LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy waving that football like he's uh, like a baton twirler in the parade. Like a good sense <laughs> sandwich. Yes. Uh, Daryl Williams uh, getting in. Patrick Mahomes running in. By the way, the high step needs some work, Patrick. It's, he was subtweeting yeah. Lamar Jackson during that. I don't. I will not criticize it. Yeah. Bon Thornhill pick six. Charverius Ward picking up the blocked extra point and running in for two. Harrison Butker, 50-yard field goal in the wind, and all the extra points. You got all those people scoring in this game. I think that's a good place to start. This was far from a perfect game for the Chiefs, but it didn't need to be one. And again, I would love to see a perfect game from the Chiefs. I was hoping we might get one here against the Raiders. Not the case, but you're right. Being able to win this game in the, the diverse number of ways they actually did, I think, is is really, really encouraging. Um, it's a big win for the Chiefs, obviously, because it almost completely wraps up the AFC West. It also wraps up the Missouri Lottery Chiefs postgame show. For Brad Porter, I'm Joshua Briscoe. We'll talk to you again next week. 
the official broadcast partner of your AFC West champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Sports Radio 810 WHB.